Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Y'all a brew heads? Yeah, we brew heads. So pour a glass of craft beer. We can do this. Yeah. What's good, y'all? This is C, Certified Brewhead, and welcome to Beer and Other Shit, the podcast, episode 38. And today we are here with two very attractive gentlemen. We have Renault, we have Sean from Jukebox and Avantgarde, respectively. Welcome, boys. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for coming. Appreciate it. Thanks for having yeah. us here. Um, so we're here at the Oshlag uh, Brewery slash Distillery yep. here exactly. in uh, Oshlaga, Montreal. Yep. Um, man, what a cool place. It is, man. Eh? Thank you. It's very, very dope. Um, as y'all can see, if you're watching this uh, online, we're right in front of like what 70 odd barrels here uh, yeah like that. probably uh, around 86 80? i guess 86? Uh, that's pretty exact like yeah pretty exact that's <laughs> very impressive. pretty exact it's probably not the right number but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it's close yeah, enough whatever. they can't prove it yeah. Yeah. um very very cool guys like i'm super impressed i feel like from all the breweries we've visited which isn't a ton but i don't really see too many barrel programs like this i know it's mm. expensive and time consuming sure. and you know because you have to let this sit for a few months and it could be not what you expected, so uh, it's a risk. Yeah. My, big risk, yeah. yeah. I have yeah. so much respect for uh, you know going in with this stuff. So for the guys out there, do you guys want to give just a brief sort of uh, like what your role is, what company? Because basically, Oshlag is a uh, like a I don't I know how to what what is it like? Well, Oshlag company. Yeah, Oshlag is a, is um, is the actual brewery, right? We, we right. don't have our, our own brewery, Avant Garde and Jukebox are uh, brewing companies. Right. So basically we brew our beer at Ashlag. Okay. Uh, we're five breweries in, in total, uh, including Ashlag, that brew here. Okay, so, so Ashlag have beer? Yeah, themselves. Ashlag have beer, exactly. They have Angad, Jukebox. And there's Espace Public, which is um, a, a pub uh, on uh, Ashlag. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So they, they this, uh, came out with a line of cans. Um, the, yeah, the Ruel and all those. Exactly, so nice, basically nice. three sour beers. Cool. Uh, and there's uh, Vox Populi as well that you might have heard That's of. That's right, uh, yes, yeah. I had the double fruit punch. Double fruit punch yes, and the Anna and, and Kettle Sour. Nice. So, uh, so basically everything is brewed over here. Um, and uh, we're basically uh, one brewery and four contract breweries that uh, occupy the whole space here. Fantastic. Yep. So do you guys want to just give us a brief uh, like history of yourself and the... You know what? Let's pour the beer first, and then we'll get into that. <laughs> Since we have these right here, we're going to see them make each other thirsty. Sure. So right. we have two beers we're going to start with, one from each uh, each of you guys. Yeah. Um, let's start, whichever one you want to go I, for. I'd go okay. with the uh, the funk, I think. Is, uh, the funk? Absolutely. Yeah. All right, so this is uh, from Avantgarde. Yeah, exactly. So this is uh, the funk and the fury, okay. which is um, it's a mixed fermentation beer. Okay. Uh, so fermented with two uh, two strains of, uh, of yeast. Fantastic. Uh, so we have... A nice. uh, strain of uh, well, it's basically an American farmhouse ale. Okay. Uh, so it's fermented with a, a strain of uh, saison yeast, uh, along with a strain of uh, Britannomyces. Nice. So contrary to a lot of uh, Brett beers, this one is not barrel aged. It's not aged at all, actually. So it's it's uh, fermented in primary with both strains of, uh, of yeast. So what happens is that uh, the the uh, saison yeast will will, will create some esters and some aromatic compounds and the brett will work off those to create more and bring the beer somewhere else uh, and dries out the beer nicely too so it makes it a, a nice refreshing beer amazing cheers great head cheers guys all right cheers, cheers. and tiff you have yours here if you'd like to to, to run in thanks guys right. you're welcome cheers. what do we uh, what do we smell in here so bit of like bananas, wanna, cloves. Yeah, go ahead. Hay, there's a little bit of... I saw, uh, I read the bottle, is it like horses or something? Horse sweat? <laughs> horse sweat, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Horse sweat, um, hay, um, 
the mm. tropical uh, yeah. yeah there's a nice um, fruity top yeah, a bit of mango there. a bit of like pineapple in there mm -hmm. exactly the tropical fruits yeah tropical fruit that come from the basically the the, the beer is dry hopped with american hops uh so uh, mm. citra not only american there's uh, there's also some uh, uh, new cultivars of uh, german hops uh, uh Hallertau blonde and um um Hull melon Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so we went for the fruity side of the the um, hops. Nice. Um, so yeah, uh, so we have you know a nice blend of funk and, and fruitiness. That's fantastic. I really like this. Very great head as well. Nice and fluffy, aromatic, refreshing. Was it five point dry too? Yeah, five point yep. one. I think I saw. Yeah, yeah. Five point one. Exactly. Yeah, very impressive. Nice and uh, relatively clear. A little bit cloudy, but I feel like yeah. Yeah. these type of beers generally are. Uh, Cloudy side, right? Absolutely. Yep. Set, yep. Definitely. Very good, boys. Thank you. Very cool That's glasses fun. too. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, tell us, uh, give us a bit of a, a bit of a history about yourselves and uh, the the actual breweries. I know we spoke about it briefly before, but just yep. to give the guys. Uh, sure. Yeah. Oh, start. Definitely. Yeah, well, I'll start. Uh, actually, well, um, I started back with uh, four years ago with Jukebox. I wanted to create some American type flavored beers. Okay. More on the hoppy side, the IPAs, the pale ale. Uh, Amber are really hop forward beers. Okay. Uh, so I started with uh, the contract brew actually at uh, Brasserie de Montréal. Okay. And, and this is your you are the owner of the company. That's it. Yeah. And the head brewer. Uh, I, oh, I, I made the recipes. I, yeah. I, I used to do uh, make them do by uh, Brasserie de Montréal. But uh, if you can say I, I created the recipes. Yeah. Awesome. I keep, uh, keep home brewed them. Home, home brewed them. Yeah. yeah that's it. So you guys are both OG, like home brewers from back that's in the day. That's it. Actually, yeah. that's where we met. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Homebrew uh, meetings there. Uh, Is that the one we're talking yeah, about? Montreal. Montreal. Yeah, Montreal. Yeah, we're, we're both members of the club. That. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, that's that's, a, that's very cool. That's a really yeah. cool like success story. Yeah. Yeah. Starting at home, inspiring for homebrewers like yeah. listening. Like, yo, you can oh, meet absolutely. your future like business partner and. Uh, oh, absolutely. That's amazing. You know, I um, and and you know, I started part time for four years, and actually when we moved here did the maths and I thought if I could sell a little more beer I, I'll be able to, to live off of this and, and we decided to create also I was, I was friend with, with Sean I really loved what he was doing at home and uh, we were getting along and he, he wanted his brewery so we decided to create avant-garde so jukebox is more of the American type and avant-garde is anything that's really classic style up to something like like this that we're drinking right uh, which is really yeah. funky new and, and experimental, experimental. yeah okay. we, we kind of want to cover the spectrum with uh, avant-garde that uh, you know whereas jukebox uh, um, specializes more in the hoppy American stuff uh, I, I'd say with the avant-garde we want to basically go get the rest you know right um, they gotta have a balance right yeah know? exactly the, the, like I guess the the jukebox stuff doesn't really scare the the newbies away type of thing, and you can give like for the beer nerds and stuff a kind mm -hmm. of more. Yeah. Would that be accurate to a degree? Uh, uh, yes and no. We also do some pretty classic stuff with Avangal, uh, like the uh, classic British styles. We have yeah. a, a best bitter and a, um, brown, a brown ale. ale. Yeah. Uh, okay. We have a, a rye saison as well, which is nice. not exactly classic, but uh, you know we're working on a triple and a pilsner, and, and uh, uh, we so we want to basically. Do as much, you know. We we want to do some classic styles, like very, you know, uh, straightforward, uh, well brewed beers. Yeah. And then we want to experiment with barrels. We want to do some some of the newer stuff as well, and just right. play around with with that. So, so a bit of both. You allow, yeah, like, exactly. you're welcoming to the guys who maybe are newer to craft beer and kind exactly. of maybe these funkier styles are a little little much for them. But you got like some really well made classic stuff. Yeah. I, yeah. That's, that's awesome, pretty much man. it. 
very, very good cool. beer is the focus. That's it, right? Yeah. <laughs> and that's all that matters. That's it. Okay, yeah. awesome. So you guys are both home brewers, and yeah. then so yeah. are you guys both partners in both companies, or is it you're still jukebox? And yeah. You're both so so uh, yeah. Renault started jukebox before we actually met. Well, we kind of met at at that time, around that time. Uh, I was um, studying uh, French literature actually, and I, I kind of got fed up with it, and I, I got a. A job in a brewery. Shortly after I, I started home brewing, I, I really, you know, fell in love with the, the whole process. The sport, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, it is a sport, I guess. Right? Yeah. yeah. So so um, so yeah. I uh, first got a job at uh, McAuslin Brewery. Nice. Um, Do you know Tanya? Of course. So. Marketing, yeah, she's yeah, awesome. Absolutely. Um, so uh, I worked there for five years. I uh, was uh, assistant brewmaster there, and um, then. Uh, we started talking, uh, you know, why don't we start our own uh, brewery? And he has the, the business savvy, I knew the technical stuff, and so, it, the, you know, the, max was, uh, the, the match was kind of, you know, made to be. That's amazing. So, How old are both the companies then? Uh, so Jubos is four years, and, and Avangard is uh, seven. A year old in, in yeah. uh, Oh, one year old. Oh, yeah, yeah new, we right? just started. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. So we started everything. Well, we started Avangard when we, uh, when Ashlag uh, opened up, we um, uh, kind of knew, uh, people that um, Gabriel and Julien and, and we started talking and they wanted to start a contract brewery or right. start a brewery and maybe have contractor contract you know breweries brew there right I can say so uh, yeah Avangel started at that time and, and then jukebox moved from Barcelona Montreal to here right yeah. makes and, sense and, and, consolidate yeah. and absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. can I ask then I, I we bring this up a lot on the podcast because it's it's somewhat of a um, I don't know about touchy subject mm-hmm. in, in Toronto or Ontario that we found about contract brewing. Yeah. So from what I've seen, there's some faction of the beer community who look down upon contract brewing. There's the, oh, they don't take you serious because you're not putting up that three quarters of a million dollars to build this place type of thing, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, how, how do you guys feel about that? Um, and, and how is it generally taken in Quebec? I always like to mm-hmm. get that uh, uh, I, I mean, so far, uh, I think most people will judge you by the quality of your beer. I think right. that's the end of it. You know, you can you can talk about co- contract or not, but uh, an equipment, is it yours or not? Obviously, if it was our brewery, we would have more control over everything and, yeah. and, and be... Uh, be a hundred percent responsible for everything mm-hmm. um, by doing a contract obviously you, you don't have to put up like a, a quarter million probably more closer yeah. to one or two million Jeez, yeah. um, so and and from what I think uh, on the business point of, of, of things a lot of breweries have a lot more capacity to brew they just don't use it so why not have more more cash coming in in your business yeah. to, to, to make it grow right with someone else brewing some other beers and, and utilizing your, your equipment and, and making it more... Uh, uh, like profitable, I guess? Yeah. I think so. And not yeah. just wasting. Yeah. So, so, is, is there like... Because I guess people, the, the sentiment... I don't mean to dwell on it, I'm just always mm-hmm. super curious. Yeah. Like, no, sure, it's a I good like question. Actually. It's yeah. a bit of a negative connotation in yeah. my... Because the way it's... Come, I always mm-hmm. thought, well, it's genius. Why yeah. would you go and drop that one to two million sure. on a risk and on an unproven brand? Uh, you don't I, know I people like you uh, It's like, yeah. you yeah. guys can do it at a, at a fraction of the cost. You still, it's a heavy investment, uh-huh. but you're able to test yeah. the market. I, when I moved to Montreal, I was drinking jukebox. I remember as well. I was so happy you guys reached out because I'm like, this is great. I love this stuff. And through Pierre, of course, he told me about it. So I was like, beautiful. I knew this was yep. legit. So, yeah. like, I'd seen it around, 
And then when he said Jukebox Company, to me, it's just, oh, of course, like they've been around. So, yeah. you know, like it allows you to test it. And if it doesn't work, you're not losing two million. You might mm-hmm. lose a fraction. I of think that. so. Too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, do yeah. you feel that that's. I, I feel that, um, yeah. I, I, I think that um, it all comes down to, you know, uh, I think contract brewers can have or have a bad reputation in some circles because. Uh, people have a feeling that anybody can just up and do it, and and right. you can you know you brewed a batch of homebrew on your on your stove and and whatnot and <laughs> cooled it in your bath. And <laughs> With snow, yes. yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> and and then you say, well, okay, I have uh, uh, this amount of money. I'm gonna brew. I'm gonna brew me a real beer. <laughs> and and so. Uh, I think there is that, but the thing is, uh, the bottom line is, if your beer is good, uh, that's what's important. And uh, contract brewing, some people say, you know, it's well, it's it's the easy way to go, and okay, yeah. you don't have to to put up the money up front and everything. But then that makes uh, the whole brewing industry all about money. And if you don't have the money, then you you, you can't brew the beer. You know, right. uh, I think that um, uh, that's the wrong way to look at it because contract brewers, like if you look at Ashlag. Uh, we're, we're, you know, Ashlag started not even a year ago, and yeah. it's a booming company. We've, we're already expanding, and we're already uh, maxed out in space. Right. And that's because of uh, contract brewers. Right. So basically, it's um, the brewing industry is very collaborative uh, in North America, anyway. I don't know about uh, other um, areas in the world, but uh, it's an industry where people collaborate to make beers together, and, yeah. and everybody's friendly. And I think the contract brewing kind of uh, fits into that uh, in as much as it's uh, it helps people like us uh, get a head start or start right. up a company without uh, having to you know be a submerged in debt and it helps companies like Ashlag who open up uh, actually pay the rent right. uh, until they, they uh, you know uh, get the cash flowing you know right. so so I think it's a win win uh, I look at it that way and yeah. and, uh, and, they do, and basically they do th- there's there's so many breweries right there uh, out there right now. That if your beer isn't good, then it's not going to last. It's, right? not gonna, it's not going to last anyway. So I mean, um, I think that the 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 problem where you know you can have uh, some you know inexperienced inexperienced brewer just brew you know any crap on uh, on a system just because he has the money. Right. Um, it'll still show. Uh, yeah, it'll still show, and I don't think those brewers will necessarily last in the in the market. So right. I mean, it all evens out. Right. Okay, good. That's kind of what I thought. Like, it, it just makes more sense. It doesn't make you any less of a real brewer because you don't own the equipment. No, exactly. Right? He brews it, so... Uh, yeah, right. I've, been, so, I, I've been brewing professionally for, for six years now, so, um, I mean, I consider myself as a real brewer. Uh, you are. It's, well, I, no, 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 no. <laughs> and, and I, I work here, by the way, uh, as well, which is uh, the, the the fun part. For Ashlag. Mean, oh, you are Ashlag. Yeah, I'm hired. He's the brewer. So. Oh, yeah. right. You're the brewer of the yeah. whole place. Yeah, exactly. That's even amazing. One of the brewers. See, that's not. like I feel like that's, to me, this business acumen. That's not yeah. like whatever the people, the, the naysayers against contract brewing are. Like, that's genius to me. Mm-hmm. Why, why not do it? And then, like, experiment in real time in the market with yeah. a fraction of the cost to see that it works and tweak the recipes and mm-hmm. work in an environment like this where you've got other business owners and brewers and people with expertise who can throw ideas around and it. it just makes yep. so much sense. But Absolutely. is it, the fact that I'm asking, is it weird? Like, does it? Because I feel like Quebec has a little bit less of that stigma mm-hmm. than perhaps Ontario does. I don't know why. Like, Yeah, I don't know. Um, like, it, it's hard to say. Uh, I think there's definitely a step where, you know, if you have your own brewery, you... you I think some 
some of the people consider you more as a real actor in the in the industry. Yeah, I think that's. Um, but I think it all comes down to you know if you if you've proven that you can make good beer, uh, then people will respect what you do. You know. Right. Um, I don't know how it is in Ontario exactly for this specific specific uh, uh, topic. Yeah. But um, yeah, in Quebec, it's. I, I wouldn't say we're looked down upon. Good. Uh, yeah. Okay. At least we don't know. <laughs> I feel like you know about it. Yeah. <laughs> the guys I know. People talking all sorts of crap and stuff. I mean, it's usually a certain group of people, but right. it's you know a vocal group of people. Yeah. yeah. And I've I've got a few you know made friends over the years there that are that are contract brewers essentially, and oh, yeah. this is the same story with all of them. And you know, I've, I've always I like to pick people's brain. I don't want to like I'm not trying to start anything. Sure. I just always want to see what people think of it sure. because to me it makes so much sense. And just to see this backlash kind of weirded me out a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I like to bring it up, but don't yeah. want to dwell on it. But the idea for you guys eventually, would you like to have your own own facility? It, it's always something we're, we're thinking mm-hmm. about, but uh, I, I guess we want to do it right. And and right now this model of business is working. So uh, yeah. you know, right. we're selling beer, we're making new beers, we're we're building a brand, we're building a customer base and, and uh, credibility and, yeah. and, and you know, we're doing some good stuff and, and keep get keep betting, getting better at it. So right. uh, yeah. It all it all depends I guess on we have a lot of projects. Everything's up in the air right now. We've we've started here uh, less than a year ago. Yeah. Uh, so will we open our own brewery, open our brew pub? Um, Open, uh, yeah, buy more barrels. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So who knows? I mean, it all depends on uh, like if things run very smoothly here, we might uh, decide to 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 keep uh, keep this model going and and just uh, not, do right? something else with, yeah. uh, with the capital, like with the capital, capital exactly. Business. So um, so yeah. Like right, right now, everything's up in the air, and uh, we're we're uh, yeah, just gonna see how uh, how things go and. Uh, that's sick, man. Congrats, guys. That's, Thanks. That's so, I'm so impressed. I don't know. We're in, like, like uh, Tiff and I are very, like, you know, we have our own business and we're very, like, everyday in the entrepreneur yeah. stuff. And I, yeah. I, I see that mostly. Oh, yeah. Like, being beer, you know, like, clearly this is beer focused, but it's the same thing. It's an entrepreneurial kind of vibe. Absolutely. To, to put that type of money and that dedication you in. You gotta is, wake uh, up one day and just do it. And just do it, man. Like, yeah. it's hard. It's not easy. It's no. a lot of work. And I just. Nothing's I, given. Ex- absolutely not, you <laughs> yeah. know? So, let's get into the jukebox yeah, uh, American Pale Ale classic Love here. This. And then uh, we're going to do something a little different for this podcast. Mm-hmm. And we're going to uh, take y'all on a trip around the brewery. Right. Around the brewery. So the audio folks are going to want to head over to like YouTube or Facebook and watch the damn video. Because uh, it's not really going to make as much sense if you're not witnessing it. Because uh, this is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. So uh, tell us about the Jukebox Classic. So I, I looked through my... I have a ridiculous spreadsheet of all the beers that I've had. Yeah. And I don't think I've had this one. So this is a, a newer... Yeah. Uh, it was released about a month ago. Okay. So that is um, why. So okay. basically it's the uh, classic uh, uh, recipe, uh, nice. which is a pale ale. Very cool. That Love we've the uh, aged uh, in a rum barrel that was... Um, so this is the aged one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, you might not have seen it because it's a single barrel. Yeah. Uh, so, 20 cases of... Uh, oh, shit. Yeah, it's a very, very, very limited release. And, yeah. and a few... Uh, uh, well, in November, we had a, a sort of a op- open house here. Cheers. Cheers. Um, Cheers. <laughs> uh, open house, um, you know, to show people around. And, and we launched a few products. 
uh, and this was one of them. So basically, this is one of the first batches we brewed here, and we had a few barrels. Actually, we got them from Gutenberg uh, down the down the hall. Oh yeah. Uh, nice. So they had just emptied some of their their um, their barrels. They had Chartier, um, I think. Yeah, Soleron, uh, I think. I'm I'm not exactly sure what the um, uh, the base beer was, but it was um, it was a Brett. Um, I swear I can taste a bit of kind of that. Can you taste that in here or is it yeah, definitely. <laughs> or is that because of the, the last beer? No, you can taste it in oh, here. No, no, it's, it's yeah. I was gonna say this is like there's some some nice funk, uh, some very earthy, musty funk in this one. Definitely get that. And then we when we took it out of the barrels, barrels we, we dry hopped it uh, nice. again. What did you use? Uh, just a um, regular uh, Citra, I think, uh, Columbus and Centennial if I remember. Nice. Mm-hmm. Would you dry hop use pellets or whole cone? Pellets. Uh, pellets. Pellets yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's easier to work with. Yeah. Yeah. Space, is it, is there more better. more uh, flavor coming out of them because it's kind of like concentrated as opposed to these whole cones that there's different schools really. of thought yeah. on that. I okay. mean, um, a lot of uh, advocates for for whole cone uh, hops will say that the pelletizing process um, heats up the hop and and vol- um, uh, I, I guess strips some of the the more volatile aromatics out. Right. Uh, so using whole cup whole cone hops will get more subtlety from the hops mm-hmm. um, yeah. but then again uh, the pellet being shredded you get more surface area surface contact uh, so you probably get more out of the actual physical hop right hard to say uh, the, the bottom line is most breweries uh, today use pellets because they're way easier to work with because whole cone hops uh, they clog everything. They clog your heat exchanger. They clog uh, the valves on the bottom of the fermenter when you try to take the dry hops out. And can't, can't dry up. So, so it's very, very hard to uh, to get rid of, or to you know, you can't just shoot Flash them down out. the drain yeah. or, or whatnot. And uh, the shelf life is is uh, not as stable. They take up a lot more space as well in your fridge. I was gonna say space for sure. So Nothing I mean, yeah. pellets have a lot of advantages over cones. And then, uh, but purists like uh, some some breweries still will use the whole cone hop because right. they say you know it's you, you really get the whole uh, aromatic profile out of it. But it's very few, yeah. very few states yeah. uh, do it. Yeah, I think Sierra Nevada, Victory, Sierra Nevada, and I don't remember the other ones, but uh, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Why I just thought that now. I never really thought like I always thought like. I was so like impressed the first time I saw a hop. I was like, man, this is crazy. Like, yeah. just how sexy it is. And like, when you rip it open, it looks wicked. It, it looks good, yeah. yeah. it looks really cool. And then we, yeah. we tried it dry hopping. And I just, when we were brewing, I don't remember what beer it was. I was just thinking like, although when you do rip it open, like, you can't get that smell off your hands for days. But yeah. like, I just sort of felt that potentially like what you're saying, mm-hmm. that that compacting of all the acids all together mm-hmm. in this little mm-hmm. pellet would probably have more of a punch, but um, Interesting that it's a purist thing, which probably makes sense. Yeah. As with anything, yep. the the purist Definitely. type stuff. Okay, that's sick. You know what? I think we should uh, go for a walk, guys. Sure. All right. Um, see you at the next station. All right. Cheers. So we're at uh, the first part. This is a, it's all in French, I'm sorry, I don't know what it is. Yeah, so basically this, this is the brew house. Yeah. Um, so this is the, uh, these are the brewing vessels. Okay. Um, so basically the, 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 the brewery here is, is um, a little special in as much as uh, we have a, a mash filter. Okay. Uh, so so the blue thing over here? Yeah, the blue thing over here is, is um, a mash filter or a mash press. Okay. Uh, which um, is not 
typically used in, in many breweries. Uh, I'll get to that later, but anyway. Um, so basically, here we have the mash tun, okay. and here we have the, the boil kettle. Right, so, so this is basically the cooler that we, that we put in the kitchen, and that's the actual thing we chuck on the stove. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, cool. I was, uh, just yeah. for the home brewers. For the home brewers. Yeah. So this, 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 this is your Coleman cooler. Right here. <laughs> that's, a, that's a cooler you drill from home. Exactly. Coleman cooler, yeah. <laughs> and that's your twelve quart. Uh, yeah. Okay. So uh, so basically, here's where the the, the, um, the process starts. Basically, the the grain is is crushed. It's actually not crushed here. Uh, it's uh, crushed. It's pulverized. pulverized. Uh, and I'll get to okay. that with the mash filter. We can we can grind the grain way 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 finer with uh, the mash filter we don't have a lot of time right. here okay. uh, anyway um, in due time i'll talk about the the mash filter uh, so basically the grain is is um, uh, all shredded up on the other side of the wall the, the, the wall here okay. goes into the mash tun with the water mm -hmm. and um, that's where it steeps uh, and, is and it the magic similar happens similar to home brewing in the sense that it's like uh 60 minute yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Sparging and pretty same similar. Thing. Yeah, same thing. Um, yeah. same. more control, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Right. That, that home. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, more control, control because there's there's steam jackets in both of these uh, babies right here. Okay. So you can uh, heat the heat the mash. You can mash it right. at a lower temperature, heat it up, so you can do multiple rests. Uh, so, but basically, it's the same same same, same idea, right? So, do you still have to like? Like how would the spodging work? Because you know you put it in a yeah. jug and pour it in the top. So I guess there's a so in, in a regular is it just gonna recirculate or something or well in a regular uh, brewery setup uh, you have a, a lauder ton which is sometimes it's a, the mash ton that just has a false bottom sometimes it's right. a different vessel but the basic basically it's just a, a vessel with a false bottom and you pour your mash over that and then you just drain the liquid uh, via gravity or with a pump right. through the false bottom but this we have a, a mash filter here and the story <laughs> behind the mash filter is that. Uh, Ashlag is like the brewery is, is basically owned by the, the same people as Glutenberg, right. which is right down the hall. Which yes. uh, Glutenberg, that you know, makes a gluten-free beer. Absolutely, uh, works with well, particular don't. grains like uh, don't millet, millet, millet yeah. and corn. Don't have a husk. Yeah, they don't. Okay. They don't have a husk. Yeah. <clears throat> right. Exactly, and and that and that will make quite a. Um, a pasty mush, basically, compared right. to barley or, or uh, even wheat. Uh, so very, very hard to work with in a regular brewery. So they invested in equipment like this, which is a mash press, uh, which basically, uh, lots of plates put together. Um, same idea as a plate and frame filter, if uh, you know uh, any, any of the, the uh, people listening to us actually know what that is. But uh, basically, you pump the mash through the, the, um, the, the middle of the plate, and right. it fills the spaces between every plate. And then, right. uh, so the, the space so between the every grain plate. and the water, like a water plate. Exactly, the, the mash, like the, the actual the, mash, right. Yeah. right. So, um, so the plates fill up, the, the, the space between the plates fill up, and then um, all that's driven by a pump. The pressure increases, mm -hmm. and then there's a membrane between every plate, and then the, the liquid separates, like goes through the membrane, and the mash stays between the plates. So oh, you're basically okay. pushing the mash through a filter membrane. Right. Uh, whereas with a lauder ton, you're just doing it by gravity <clears throat> through like a, a perforated, you know, bottom. bottom. Interesting. Yeah. Big difference is that you can use a lot of other grains that don't have usk. Like like you can do like 100% corn, 100% rye, 100% right. wheat, right. which all of 
of the other breweries can't do really so exactly. the, the possibilities are really endless with this system okay. and we're trying to use it as, as much as we can yeah. Uh, yeah. to doing some funky stuff and Erschlag has been known for, for this stuff uh, absolutely also, yeah. Yeah. amazing yeah we just brewed a, a beer uh, in collaboration with um, Harikana, Brasca Harikana. Oh, nice. Yeah. Cool, cool. So Very it's uh, basically a mild ale, uh, but brewed without any um, barley. So basically right. wheat. Gluten, gluten free, essentially? It's not gluten free. There's wheat and there's um, right. um, rye. Rye. And, and, uh, and, uh, and some. Um, millet or something? Or? No. Um, Avoine, which is... Uh, yeah, Avoine. Oh, oh, oats. 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 Thank you. See, I'm French. Yeah, exactly. Tell Joe. Tell Joe. So, uh, okay, nice. so that, was, that was an interesting... Uh, yeah, we had a fun time doing that. Yeah. Uh, so sick. basically, this, this uh, piece of equipment allows us to brew um, like with a lot of different types of grains. Um, Very cool. And so basically, when we finish mashing, we just pump the mash through that, and the liquid comes out. It goes through the middle, comes out from the corners, and into the kettle. Right. Um, so from the far side to this side or the other way around? Uh, can, can we move around? And, uh, we can absolutely move yeah, around. Yeah. Cool. Dave, I'm not sure if you need to... Yeah, it's, it's worth explaining because, uh, you know, yeah, this, this home brewers don't know this stuff yeah, uh, most of the time. So Okay. So, yeah, so it comes in from this bad boy. Yeah, exactly. So we have a, a pretty, uh, pretty uh, high power pump here. So uh, it's a big pipe for the audio guys. It's like a long, like a, like a curved uh, pipe, like what you'd find under your sink, but it's big and uh, steel, I guess. Yeah, it's three inch uh, stainless mm. steel pipe going from the mash tun to the center of the, the mash filter. Right. So basically the, the mash is going into the center and it's filling, if we can take a look yeah, here, between the plates. So basically the mash is coming through here, through the middle, right? and it's filling, like this, this, uh, this whole thing is, is pressed together. Um, okay. So it's kind of like a canvas, oh it's warm too. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, we just used it today. Is it? Nice. Uh, so yeah, the, the mash... It, so. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're a taskmaster, Sean. Exactly. So the, the mash stays in between both <laughs> plates, and, okay. and, uh, and then it, it goes through the membrane, and in, into this little, you can't really see that very well. It doesn't really matter I mean, anyway. Really there, but yeah, but but yeah, it comes through the, to the four corners there, right? And it comes out the piping, out of the four corners, and into right. the, the kettle because they're all like touching. So essentially, yeah. it's like these are so tight together it can't escape. Exactly. I, ah. Pretty nice. Oh, we'll get that. Space shuttle. Yes. <laughs> You've been eating your RAM Q card for that one, boys. Yeah. So you close them all together, and uh, and there you go. Okay. And then there's an extra pump to, you know, hold it uh, hold it down tight, which I won't uh, turn on, but gives you the uh, main crazy. idea. Okay. Yeah, I had no idea because I like. No. The process continues like normally. Like this, this part is is really specific to this brewery. Yep. Right. Uh, and then after that, you boil, right? You, you go back to That's boiling, totally and you got your sixty minute, which you uh, yeah, then your ops, and then you cool it down, and then throw it back to the fermenter. Right. So it's the but, same essential process, just much more yeah. like controlled, like you said. Yeah, absolutely. Because well, it's larger. Because we know we know the volumes, we right. know the and efficiency. You can do the exact thing. You don't have to sit there and watch and like put that little temperature thermometer in the bloody oh, yeah, thing yeah. on the stove. We still got to watch the temperature to see if it. If so, oh, so you keep an eye on it still. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The, the only difference is is the way you separate the grain from the wort, basically. Right. Um, the uh, the other difference is, as I was saying before, is that you can you can 
grind the grain very, very finely because you don't have to have the husk. Because with a conventional lauder ton, you need the husk to, to act as a filter right. um, uh, layer. The, so, right. so yeah. So basically, the husk you have like intact pieces of husk that go, you know, uh, basically lie on the bottom of the false bottom, and then that allows the wort to flow through. But with this, you don't really need it because the, the wort is pushed through the grain, so, so you can grind very finely and get uh, a better efficiency out of, you know, the the, the material you're using, the, right. the cereal, the. When, it, when, when you right. uh, you grind the grain, it's at the end it's flour. Uh, it's flour basically. Yeah. So that's why the pulverizing. Yeah. And you get better efficiency, and uh, obviously you can use a lot a lot of other grains that you wouldn't be able to in the normal yeah. brewery. Right. Yeah. And the sparge is a little bit different. You were asking about that before. So basically, when the mash is finished filling the the, the, the mash filter, mm -hmm. uh, then we fill the mash tun with. The sparge water, right? And we push it through, so it's Back kind of this, through this again. Yeah, exactly the same way. Same it's, concept. It's the same concept. Horizontal. Yeah. Thing is, my my sparge record uh, to date is seven minutes, which okay. makes which makes the process a lot faster too. That's the other okay. big difference. Is uh, with a regular grain bill, normal grain bill, uh, your lautering and sparging is a lot faster with with uh, with a press like this because you don't have any. Well, there's. A lower risk of stuck mashes and stuck sparges and, and stuff like that. So you just you know push everything through and, and uh, get it all get it all to, to the, the other to end. The and it works pretty quickly. That's yeah. sick, man. Very cool, guys. Yeah. So we'll get. Uh, I feel like this station we're pretty much covered. Absolutely. So. so we'll move on to the distillery. Yeah, sure. All right. So done the mash tun. Done with them. The, the, what's that thing called? Fermenter? Uh, there's a, yeah, filter press and uh, the, the, the kettle. Boiler. And kettle. Yeah. Mate, it's getting late. A couple beers in. A couple beers in there. <laughs> I'm a lightweight. So right. now we're about to get into the uh, coconut porter, the Nocturne Cocoa. Yeah. 8.2. Yeah. 8.2 Imperial Porter. Steeped in coconuts. <sighs> yeah, I've, I don't think I've had a coconut porter, but I've had a couple coconut stouts and they're always sure. phenomenal. Are oh, you a gentleman? Yeah. And uh, you can never go wrong. So we're about we're gonna have this one from the bottle, yeah. And then we're gonna try it directly from the fermenter. You're from the fermenter, you. yeah. We have we have another batch that's um, fermenting right now. Actually, it's not fermenting. It's done fermenting. It's steeping in with the coconut right now. Okay, the so coconut is steeping in the beer. In the beer. So, so it'll give you an idea of what you know the beer tastes like before it's you know cleaned up and and, and finished. If you right. you know. No, that's interested in that stuff. I'm fascinated with that stuff All because right. of the, the, the homebrewing process. Like, generally, we would, uh, like, I'm just trying to think in the position. So you'd, you'd mash, you'd boil, you'd get mm -hmm. the wort, you'd ferment, and this is finished fermenting. So essentially, it's like dry hopping with coconut. Exactly. Yep. Okay. It's the same You're calling process. it steeping. Is that just... Yeah. Uh, I could call it, actually, whatever. I usually call it dry coconutting, <laughs> but it doesn't really sound, you know... No, that's so. exactly what it is. Dry <laughs> it is dry, dry coconutting. It's probably pretty uh, wet coconut by now. <laughs> it's very yeah. wet. Cheers, guys. Yeah, cheers. Cheers. Right. Babe, cheers. cheers. Tiffany doesn't have any hands. Okay, so it's not, I don't feel like it's crazy strong in the coconut, unless I'm missing something there. Well... It's we there. didn't want it to be overpowering. We mm. wanted to kind of come through oh, with yeah. the other flavors. Yeah. But I must admit that um, the actual coconut uh, kind of fades out with time. I find like this is so you this batch is about a month and a half old. I'd say yeah. I find it kind of it mel it doesn't really necessarily fade out, but it mellows. It blends into the with the other flavors. So you get a lot of the um, yeah. the um, I can see that. coffee mocha and, yes. and uh, from from the actual grain bill from the. Um, the, the the porter 
right. and uh, yeah, the coconut just mixes, you know, blends Super in. Good. Very dry. I like nice dry finish. Yeah. Definitely. Um, this is great. This is yeah. really good. I love porters. I feel like porters with um, adjuncts, I guess, like coconut or something mm-hmm. fun like that, vanilla yep. or cherry or something. Yep. It's mm-hmm. just needs to be more of it. Yeah. Oh, very yeah. good. Coconut yeah. is like, I don't know why, something like coconut in beer is just the illest thing ever. I love it. I think you're absolutely right on that. And then the porter, porter is an interesting mm. beer. Like stouts are good too for that, but you know, usually the stout is a bit roastier. So the yeah. porter kind of lets the flavors come through, especially the sweeter mm. flavors. So I find good really, personal. Uh, yeah. Really aiming for like more chocolate than yeah. roasty, harsh. Yeah. I'm getting that really, for sure. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's yeah, fantastic. Thank you. Um, well done, guys. Um, so we're at the a different sort of station here, which isn't mm-hmm. really a progression from the last one. This is actually the uh, distillery. So we're just going to yeah. slowly wander over here. So Oshlag is also a distillery. So this is kind of out of your uh, direct involvement, but we figured yeah. since we're here and it's an interesting part, you know, a brewery sure, with a barrel aging program and uh, distillery is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, do you want to maybe just talk us through this uh, briefly, and then we just—I'd like to know what type of stuff that uh, is being distilled here. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, um, well, it'll probably be a better uh, yeah guide um, tool guide. Yeah. So, so yeah, um, so this is uh, basically the the still. Uh, this is where the um, uh, the wash, which is basically a basic beer or whatever alcohol uh, uh, you're distilling. Uh, it's called the wash. Um, okay. So basically, is wash the wort equivalent? It, it's it's it's, it's a, a beer. Wort. It's a fermented wort. But the thing fermented. with um, with what depending on what you're distilling, um, the brewing process and the fermenting process is a lot cruder. Uh, you okay. don't have to pay as much attention to you know sanitation and everything because even if your it's beer. I'm sorry? Because of the higher alcohol will kill it? No, oh, because no. you're distilling it after. So basically, you're... Yeah. you're You'll boil it one more time. Flavors. So and, right. and, and you'll lose a lot of the... Uh, yeah, the you're stripping out all the, the um, you know, the, the nasty stuff. And, and right. some, some, uh, some whiskeys, uh, especially, are, are actually quite nasty smelling um, when, you're, when you're fermenting it. Right. Uh, and um, we, we distilled some, um, uh, some whiskeys here... Um, uh, and, and so, therefore, brewed them. And, and basically, uh, you can. Some of the whiskeys are they're, they're not even really brewed. They're mashed. You, you make a mash and you pump the mash into the fermenter and you just ferment the whole thing. So you have the, basically the, the grains and everything in your, your fermenter. And then you just take that oh. slop after it's fermented and you, you, uh, you distill it. So you heat it up. Uh, and uh, with uh, these two rectifying we, columns, we were talking about before. Okay, it's a, rectifying yeah. columns. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't really know the jargon. I'm just, <laughs> make it up. It's okay. Yeah, no exactly. one knows. We're on a, column, beer. It's a beer uh, podcast. Yeah, so yeah. Still, yeah. Right. exactly. Yeah. So, so basically, cool. those two columns, uh, and essentially how it works is uh, you you heat your your beer or, or your fermented product in here, uh, and vapors come out. They go up through the um, the the first column, mm-hmm. and uh, everywhere there's a little uh, port there. There's also a, a plate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as it as it goes up the column, it'll the vapors will condense, and some some of the vapor will stay in the plate, which is basically a little a bowl. Right. Uh, and then uh, so the vapor coming through back through the plate, the energy from the vapor will vaporize more of that condensed vapor. And, and then it'll, it'll go up and down like that to the top. Right. And what's happening is basically, you know, alcohol will uh, evaporate at 78 degrees, 
typically. Celsius. Celsius. Okay. Uh, whereas water will be at 100 degrees. Right. So I thought at first, well, okay, you, you heat it to 78 degrees and you get all the alcohol, right? But it doesn't work that way because when in the, in, in the vapor, you always have a little bit of water and a little bit of alcohol. Right. So what you're doing now is say your vapor is 20% alcohol, it'll go up the column, it'll condense at 20%. Uh, it'll fall back into liquid, it'll stay on the plate, mm -hmm. and then when it re-evaporates, well, it'll evaporate at, I don't know, 25%, and then 27%, and then, and so it goes, it goes up and down up the column like that. 90-something percent. It, exactly, so you go through the first column, and then you can use the second column to, to be even more uh, precise in, in yeah, the, so the same flavors you're extracting. Like yeah. Exactly. Strips all the impurities, and it's just clean, crisp. Exactly, if you want to do vodka, you, you want to use, uh, Both, well, right? actually here, the way they do it, they go with the first column for a, a first pass, and then they they um, they collect that alcohol, and then they put the alcohol back into the still and redistill the alcohol with using both columns. So they Damn. purify it as much as as, uh, they, as can. they can. Right. Um, yeah. So we've made uh, vodka. Yeah, vodka. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, 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 their first nice. product uh, to come out at the sack just came out before Christmas at the oh, SAQ yeah. here uh, in Montreal. And uh, well, actually, in all Quebec, it was um, a hop-infused vodka. So basically, like a dry hop vodka. Amazing. Um, is damn good product, actually. Very, Can you very taste good. The hops? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it's funny because uh, little yellow. Yeah. Tint oh. to it too. So it's like the yeah. Angava one or something. It's it's greener uh, than the Angava, but it has that tint. Yeah. Well, I guess it's uh, a gin. Anyway. Yeah. My bad. But yeah, uh, it's fine. But it, it's <laughs> it's the same uh, same idea basically. Do they do gin here as well? Uh, working on it. Working on it. I don't know cool. how much I can, you know, yeah. divulge. Hey, be but, careful. Uh, be careful. Yeah. Uh, what else we got? There's vodka. Uh, yeah. Whiskey. Whiskeys, that takes a couple years exactly. Minimum, right? yeah. And they um, they're coming out with a product which will not be widely distributed. It'll be just in a small batch. Uh, small batch um, private import, like restaurants and of right. uh, <clears throat> Glutenberg IPA that they distilled as a whiskey, like a whiskey styled. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and put in a, a tequila barrel. Jesus. Lard IPA. Yeah. Thank you. All right. So they use the the barrels from that, and then they're going. So actually, that's genius because you're yeah. making the barrels. So like, hey, we've got all these barrels and just freshly distilled some liquor. Yeah. Let's let's eat some beers and yeah, man, that's it's great. Do you guys get access to that? Uh, no, like we haven't. We haven't really looked into it that no. much uh, yet. I but I mean, I guess. I'm sorry. They, the Oshlad guys might want to use them all. So it's um, not like there's a, there's a surplus of, uh, you know. Honestly, it's more because we've been really busy with, you know, setting up the brewery. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's it. Not but, that we uh, don't want entrepreneurialism. Uh, yeah, exactly. yeah, that's it. Of course. Okay. Gotta push the beer first. And, that's it. And maybe have fun with the spirits later. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, that's very cool. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, that's good. So next uh, next up. That's it. Cheers. Fermentation. Fermentation. Yeah, here we go. pour a glass of craft beer. We can do this. Yeah. Oh, hey there. Hello. All right. Hey, guys. Hey. So, uh, all right. So, this is the fermenter where the uh, nocturne cocoa is steeping or coconutting. No. Dry coconutting. That, that's the fermenter where it's steeping. This God is the fermenter it. where the oh, beer we brewed yesterday is, is fermenting. That's it's why ferment. okay. it's, it's uh, spew, spewing madly out of the, um, the, the sidearm here. It's awesome. Uh, so, I yeah, I, I wanted the home brewers to see this because... Um, yeah, you know, I always kind of wonder what, what, you know, fermentation looks we like. We see uh, this in a bucket that big. 
yeah, yeah. Not, not at this volume. Yeah. Exactly. So usually uh, in your homebrew setup, your, your beer will be fermenting in this bucket. Yep. So anyway, so that's the yeast coming out of the, um, the sidearm because of the vigorous fermentation. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. It's, it's super it. fun to clean up all can, day. <laughs> we're yeah. just saying. So it's your job to clean up while uh, Renault's doing paperwork. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, you know, fair division of labor. Oh, yeah. You guys should talk about that. You guys should talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. Okay, cool. So this is uh, right now... You brewed the beer you said yesterday. Yeah, and now it is dry coconutting. No, Th this is a, this okay, is a different beer. That. I'm sorry. So, so this, right. this, this is not the coconut is, one. No, this no. is. A, oh well, that's what we were doing. Okay, this my bad. Is but we will. Uh, yeah. if we just we'll get to that. Right yeah, yeah, we'll get we'll get to that. We. I got so, excited. Yeah, exactly. We sorry. sampled our, our coconut beer. <laughs> yes. And, and we have another version. It's in this fermenter actually. Oh, I see. Uh, okay. So it's basically another batch. Okay. Finished fermenting. But um, the coconut is steeping in there right now. So, so it's at an earlier stage. Which, uh, exactly. which beer is this one? This is um, Vox Populi's uh, Triple Anna. Nice. So it's a Citra Dry Hop Triple. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that one is like, there's no point when it's like, at this point, there's no point even tasting it because it's like... No, no. I mean, it's still pretty much wort. Yeah, um, super sweet. Yeah. Right, right. So and it's a 10% beer, I so... Mean, uh, if you want to taste oh. it, uh, I have... I don't. <laughs> yeah, well, you can drink it. It's drinkable. It's drinkable. It's just uh, yeah, not amazing. Not, at not this the point. best experience. At this point so. of year, you know, yeah. it, it's, ah, it's worth tasting. Okay, I'm down. I'm not scared. All right, <laughs> let's do it. You ready? I am absolutely you ready. Want to rinse that or is it, is it um, not worth it? Uh, you know what, Margaret? It's going to be a coconutty ten percent right. triple. That's I, it. I, I'm going in as well. I know. Uh, oh right shit! That smells awesome. That smells really good. Oh, I'll get you. I'll get you to try this. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Okay. Yeah. So you can really smell the the wordiness of it. it you know. It oh, that's like cool. A, yeah. I'd almost. It's a little too sweet, but if it's a little less yeah. sweet, you could almost drink as is. It's actually better than the the wort going into the fermenter on the brew day because, you know. You, now it's got a bit of carbonation, I guess, or at least the yeah. activation. It, it it's has not carbonation yet, is it? It's uh, well. It, it's in a way. I mean, it's it's dissolved carbon dioxide because of the fermentation yeah. uh, but you know the when the, the wort goes into the fermenter it's super super bitter and the fermentation you know basically cuts the bitterness in half right. so it, like even a, like a really bitter beer like an IPA um, which is pretty bitter coming out of the fermenter well going in it's you know at least twice as bitter right. so this beer you know after 48 hours or 24 hours um, Bitterness has gone down a bit. Still pretty sweet. But. Oh, I'm enjoying this way more than I thought I would. <laughs> this is fantastic. It's just like, it's super sweet. Definitely can taste the citra. Mm -hmm. Like super like tropical fruity hops. Absolutely. A little bit bitter, nothing too crazy. Like you're saying, it's cut down a bit. Yeah. A little like overly sweet, but you know, like where that's yeah. at. But like, it's really nice. Do you want to try this? You should. It's an experience. Oh, hey, come. <laughs> hey, don't be scared. Okay, this is amazing. So this is great. When, uh, how to this will ferment for two weeks? Uh, it'll ferment for approximately seven to ten days. Seven to ten days. And then, All right. uh, depending on, you know, we just let the, the beers ferment until cool. they're done. Yeah. They're done. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Tiffany enjoyed the, uh, the Yeah, work. yeah, absolutely. That's very uh, good. Okay, so seven to ten days. Yeah, uh, typically. And, and then, uh, once it's, uh, done and, and the gravity is not, you know, stable, or mm -hmm. the gravity is stable, uh, we'll just cool it down a bit, crop the yeast, put the hops in for the dry hop, and uh, Good to go. just wait uh, wait a few days. And uh, uh, yeah, that's sick. What's the uh, size of this? How big is this uh, kettle? Two, 
3,000 liters. So is that 3,300 hex? Everyone keeps talking about it's that. It's 30, 30, 30 hex. 30 hex. Yeah. Don't know in quarts or, or no, no, what no. are those ga- gallon? Gallons? Yeah, the gallons. That's, that's, that's the, about those. Don't, 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 don't know about those. Americans, they're strange people. <laughs> past the board. I love you guys. Yeah. Um, I can never figure it out. And all the barrels and the, all the measurements, I'm trying yeah. to figure it out. Like my dude in Ontario keeps talking about hex. Yeah. So I'm trying to be hex. cool and yeah. I drop that. But a barrel is a little bigger <clears> than a hex. Hectoliter. Hectoliter is a thousand liters. Yeah. And how many liters in a barrel? No, no, it's a, it's a hundred liters. Oh, it's a hundred liters. Hectoliter is a yeah. hundred okay. liters, and the barrel yeah. is a hundred and seventeen. Seventeen. Yeah. Point something. So that is that, what, but that's probably a, a round figure for gallons or something, then, or not? No, even? I, I would I would doubt it's a round figure. It's probably like twenty nine gallons like, or something. <laughs> they don't like round yeah. figures. No, no, they do not. Okay, so if anyone would, knows, a like bushel comment. is like two and a half inches. <laughs> a a, an inch is like a half a thumb. Right, and two and a half yeah. centimeters. Like, <laughs> all right, let's, just, let's not go to bushes. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. So, we'll check out this. Uh, we'll check out the uh, nocturne yeah, cocoa here. Absolutely. The fresh, uh, coke, dry coconutting uh, bad boy. How many of these guys you got in here? It looks like there's. So this is a, they're all fermenters uh, on both sides. So there's, and yeah, there's there's twelve tanks. So this is where yeah. usually we ferment here, and huh? then the bright tanks will. Uh, yeah. Um, what is a bright tank again? I've been told before. Once the beer is fermented, so the alcohol is produced and, and you're satisfied with the end product, you transfer it to a bright tank. Okay. And the bright tank is where you'll be able to, well, you'll, you'll let the yeast uh, back back in the fermenter, right? As right. much as you can. And then you'll be able to put the, the CO2 in there and make the oh, beer fizzy. Right. So you can then in the ball it, can it, keg it. Uh, Right. How long yeah. is it in there for? About a day. A day okay, just quick. It's like it, the it, final it, step. Exactly. Yeah. It's a basically a bright tank is short for bright beer tank, which which means that the, your your beer at that point is technically clear. Yeah. Uh, so uh, usually it, the transfer it, it depends on how you do it, but it, it's not very long. It's basically to prep the beer to, to be packaged. Um, right. Okay. So that's all. So a day a day or add, two. Do you add stuff to it like? clarifying agents or sometimes you can yep. some some of the beers uh, we don't want because we, we, we like to keep as much beer. flavors mm-hmm. as we want some of the beers are, are I think a lot better with, with the clarifying agents yeah. some right. of the yeast won't settle that much in the tank so so we're using some some clarifying agents yeah. to, uh, to make sure that the beer is clear it's not muddy and uh, tastes good yeah. yeah that's sick I like this beer that we're, okay. we're gonna taste uh, yeah. Natsun Coco uh, the the beer, the, the actual yeah, yeah. yeast, is, it, it has a sulfury, yeah, has a, a sulfury, uh, um, unpleasant flavor, in my opinion, that you want to get out. So this is this is an example. Like when we transfer this beer to the bright tank, we're gonna add some finings, which basically thank you, sir. Go uh, attract the yeast particles, the yeast cells, and 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 allow them to drop out to the bottom. All right. And clears the beer, you know, which is you know part of the the, the whole process. brightening process, Thank I guess. So. Oh wow! Okay, so you can tell it's a definitely a ton uh, yeah. cloudier. And you know, having having tried the the finished product, you'll definitely see a difference, the difference on the nose and. and oh okay. Yeah. How old is this beer again? Sorry if I keep asking the same question. So this is um, about um, two weeks. Yeah, more or less. So it's been fermenting yeah. for two weeks, and it, it's how long has it been dry coconutting? Two days. Two days. Two days. Yeah. yeah, I love that. It's a yeah. really cool time. 
Two days, okay. And how long will you dry coconut for? A week? Um, week or two, max. Yeah, max. It depends on the, the amount of coconut uh, we put in. Uh, we put a bit more in this time, so the process would be a bit quicker. Um, but uh, typically not much more than a week if everything goes well. Okay. Yeah. And is it dried coconut? Is it fresh, like scooped out uh, of a... He, he, can, he can tell you. Tell us about that, Rudolph. Yeah, yeah, because uh, it was about um, 25 pounds, 50 pounds of... Um, no, no, it's not. It's about 20 pounds of uh, hmm. coconut. And uh, it's shredded no, coconut. It's, it's more than. It's about yeah? 50 pounds of coconut. Is it? It's um, 11 kilos. You're right. It's 50. supposed. To, it's 22.5 kilos that went in. Yes, okay, right. so about 50. Yeah. Pounds. 50 okay. pounds. But, but the, yeah. the thing is, the, the funny part is because when I, you know, I, I test batched this and I brewed it on my home brew system, and I was like, oh, you know, right. take a little pouch of coconut, toast it in the oven. It's mm -hmm. it's it's shredded coconut. Yeah. Toast it in the oven and then steep it. And then, wow, you know, this, this is good. It works out well. Right. And so scale the recipe up, and it amounts to about a kilo per hectoliter. So this is 30 hectoliters right here. That's 30 kilos of coconut. Right. But somebody has to toast it, right? <laughs> and, and, and it's not me. Took, <laughs> took it's me this a, guy. Took me a day and a half with my girlfriend to just, like, toast the oven is keep rolling a full day. And then I had my little pans, and I, <laughs> I scraped the, the coconut to make sure that the heat was, was uh, you know, really good. Uh, was distributed and and the coconut was not really like burning but just roasting yeah right so you made me do this like yeah. a day and a half yeah. i get this payback Absolutely. for not cleaning per batch right? exactly. that's it yeah. <laughs> exactly. yeah it's a small small yeah. uh, small, little, small price uh, of pain yeah. yeah 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 so so you really have to toast the coconut for the right. flavors to come out so and it smells in the house for like two or three days after yeah. awesome. you like it at first but then you oh, the afterwards. first hour is amazing and then you just want to thank vomit yeah Turn it down, burn incense. You have to do it to kill it beer. out. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Yo, I can definitely taste the difference. The, the dryness is still here, for sure. Yeah. Um, I feel like the coconut, I guess, is a little stronger because it hasn't had time to mellow, like mm -hmm. you were saying. So I feel like um, the coconut's a little more in the nose. Yeah. Is there anything else I'm uh, missing? I mean, it's, it's more creamy, I think, for, with the yeast. I think, and there's a little yeah, off flavors in, in there that eventually, when we'll get the yeast off, yeah, will really. Uh, go out but um, I can see the creaminess for sure yeah. yeah the creaminess and plus it's not carbonated so uh, yeah, so that, that you know um, the impression of creaminess is is, is amplified by the non-carbonation the of lack of that exactly right. yeah. but um, yeah th this yeast is um, an English yeast it, it, it produces a lot of sulfur so you can get some some sulfury notes like it's not so bad now because it's been sort of cool at 15 degrees like we, we cool it a little bit to drop the yeast out before we put the coconut okay. um, and so it's it's kind of scrubbed out but when this baby is fermenting or almost done fermenting it, it smells kind of like sewage it's it's, okay. it's that, that you know real? like yeah buy our beer buy our beer yeah, buy our yeah. beer yeah. <laughs> it tastes like <laughs> shit <laughs> like, like actually no we, we really uh, uh, work hard to get that the yeast off of this beer right uh, before we package it because of that because it, it's known that this yeast strain is known to produce a lot of sulfur uh, and it tastes like uh, um, uh, yeah rotten eggs kind oh, of yeah, thing typical like yeah, exactly yeah. but I mean it's typical for a lot of uh, uh, English ale strains or some of them anyway uh, the the important thing is to you know clear out the yeast yeah. before you package it otherwise you but might it's, get that. it's what it's it's giving its character exactly also. Right, you know, so it pulls that, and that's just the off, uh, the runoffs or whatever, just that's part it. of the process. And exactly. Put, do you, does it go in a bright tank as well? Yep. Yeah, yep. so you carbonate it in there, by that stage you're able to, you're able to get rid of all the, Absolutely. Yeah, the garbage and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. 
That's awesome. This is very cool. It's really cool to compare it like directly yeah. side by side uh -huh. and like and this is the coconut a little more. Uh, this is what we're doing, you know. Sean can, comes in the morning, he has to taste the beer to see if. Uh, yeah, beer for job, breakfast. Huh? I don't. Beer I don't breakfast. have breakfast. I have beer. <laughs> <laughs> Does it affect you anymore? Like, do you feel like because of the amounts that you guys have to drink, oh, literally with the amount of trying, pour a full pint. Oh no, yeah. Yeah. you're having a little bit more than this, right? It's every, it, but yeah. you're having that every day. Does it, does it affect your tolerance? Uh, I think over the years, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I want to say, but I drink at home too, and and. Um, uh, I don't. I don't think that the um, the amount that I drink just tasting, you know, it every fermented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but don't sometimes, try this at home. yeah, it's no, like, we're professionals. Yeah, exactly. These guys, they know what they're doing, right? <laughs> but you know, and and to, just to 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 um, um, just to be clear, <laughs> uh, taste panels. There's taste panels in breweries, and we have one, and we have one here. Basically, every day, uh, you taste. You want to taste pretty much everything that's either been packaged or uh, in the process of being packaged to make sure there's no problems or, or whatnot. And sometimes you have some uh, uh, aged beers, like three months, six months, or whatnot, to, to test shelf life. Right. And these are better done in the morning, right? So this is a this is a standard procedure for, for breweries where uh, because your taste buds are fresher or, or whatever you're, you're tasting right. better and, and you're not as tired, you're more alert to what you're you're tasting. Uh, so all these taste panels are done in the morning. Um, okay. I always thought you know it's a perk to the job. You, you want to you know, you're, it's, it's, it's good. I'm legitimately drinking in the morning, so. Um, but uh, seriously, uh, yeah, you don't you don't want to have too much. Otherwise, uh, you don't kind of don't really want to. Yeah, the day is longer. Work. Yeah, exactly. I guess you get those uh, midday hangovers and stuff. <laughs> you don't want that. The, want the, that. Yeah, the soggy legs. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, oh. <laughs> or it's like a little buzz, like a little like. Uh, we haven't really had that yeah. much. I'm a lightweight. That's the only reason yep. I'm asking. Like I'm absolutely feeling these beers, far yep. from like maybe tipsy at most, but. Mm -hmm. I'm, thinking like we haven't had much we've only had a few little absolutely like, a couple of ounces each beer so i'm just yep. thinking like what would happen if you're doing that in the morning maybe on an empty stomach or sure. uh you've only had a little bit of breakfast and you, you, you want to be careful but you know it's, it's a good point because i you know thinking back i realized uh how much beer affects me and, and you were talking about my tolerance and everything but i, I realized how much beer affects me by working in a brewery mm -hmm. and having to taste beer in the morning and or like being basically able to drink on the job which you know we don't get drunk or anything but i mean yeah. every good brewer has to taste what 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 he's making or Absolutely. she's making because mm -hmm. uh it's part of the job uh so having a, even a half glass of beer while you're working um you kind of realize when it affects you you realize it right away right. So, so you're like all right i'm good cut it off exactly and and uh yeah i've actually noticed the impact that alcohol has on me when I started working on a brewery, yeah. Interesting. Super interesting. Great stuff. <laughs> it's a, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a, what do they call it? Like, not a perk. What's the opposite of a perk? Like, it's one of the... The, the throwbacks. The pitfalls, pitfalls yeah, yeah. of, the, of the job. And, uh, yeah. you know, someone's got to do it. And you're, you're yeah. a trooper. You're a hero. You're <laughs> a, a hero, hero Sean. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, all right. This has been great. So, do you know what we're going to do now? We're going to try some... Uh, Barrels. That's it. Which is something I've never done. Would, uh, Excellent. Are you ready? Yeah, I am. I was born ready. Born ready. <laughs> Let's go. Alright guys, so we are back where we started. 
Thank you for the tour. That was awesome. That was Pleasure. really fun. fun. Something uh, we haven't done before. No, I'm loving it. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna bit to go. <laughs> Don't thank me for coming yet. So we're back to the barrels. We're gonna get to the the, the sampling from there, but um, we're gonna try one of these bad boys here, which yep. is a uh, Le Vivant. That's it. Mm. Le Vivant. Imperialized Le Vivant. Imperialized. Yeah. Now. Imperialized. I don't know how to tell the story behind this. I, I think you're gonna need to do that. So it's a yeah. barley wine. It's a barley wine. So originally the beer was a uh, best bitter. That's right. Okay. Uh, yeah. The original Le Vivant. Le Vivant. It's the best it. bitter. That's it. Is that still available for people to yep. purchase? It is yep. still available. Standard, uh, standard avant-garde. That's what the, the guy is. Yep. yep. Okay. Beautiful. That's it. And okay. It, uh, was ins heavily inspired by the film uh, Train Spotting, which is uh, a junkie movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And and the the, the picture oh, nice. of the uh, the illustrator. Uh, what we asked for it is. Um, Begbie, which is a, one of the, the character in the movie, tells his, his story. Everyone's listening, and he he's in the second story. He, he chugs his beer, and then he takes his, his empty pint and he throws it in the in the back, which unfortunately fell falls uh, falls onto the uh, head of a young lady, and it starts a huge fight in the bar. Right. And we thought it was a, a good good pint uh, pintable beer, yeah, uh, Le and uh, we thought it was a good story to, to yeah. It, it's, it's a typical awesome. pub beer, not this one, but the the, the original. basic beer, the yeah. Le Vivant. Mm -hmm. It's a the, you know typical English pub, best bitter. So the you know the scene is a nice pub scene. These um, uh, mugs, like the yeah, mugs, yeah nice. those are the the mugs that we had made for this beer. Yeah. Nice. Uh, so yeah, it, it goes. It all you know. Blends together. Blends yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And I like as well, you even went to the uh, the wax dipped. The yeah, hand, that's it. Hand wax. Hand wax. Hand wax with, took, with Renault's mom. That's it. Yeah. Amazing. Hi, mom. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it took, took, a, took a day uh, almost to, to wax like uh, one of those batches. We got three batches, so about three three days. Yeah. Uh, so we take uh, it's a lot of, a lot of like literal hands on work you guys are yeah. doing, like roasting the coconut Absolutely. yourself and hand dipping yeah. and stuff. We, like, we this put is, our heart uh, yeah. into it. It's awesome. Uh, it's uh, as craft as it yeah. gets. Yeah, definitely. It's fantastic, guys. Work so, of love. It really is. It's it is. very, very cool. Yeah. How do we uh, open it? Anyone uh, have a tool? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, 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 have, I have a knife. Oh, you have one? You happen to oh. have a knife. Oh, whoa, 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 yeah. whoa. So this is my standard issue U-line knife that uh, we uh, we use to work around here. Okay. Uh, mine uh, conveniently, conveniently swings open. And uh, it looks pretty cool, so I, I try to use it every time I can. <laughs> Why is um, it only yours that... Um, I don't know, I don't know. Um, I think it's... Uh, I don't want to spoil it, but I, my opener yeah. can still do it without the knife. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, that's what you, you know what think, it was, but it's easier this way. Anyway, <laughs> I, I helped it. So, so <laughs> let's just point out that the wax here, uh, this is actually a version of the standard beer, which, as we said, is the best bitter. Um, so basically, uh, what we wanted to do is um, make a stronger and imperial version of all our uh, four uh, like base brands. Is, basically. Right, right. So this uh, was a best bitter. Nice. We turned it into a barley wine. Basically, it's the same grain bill, but we stepped it up a notch mm -hmm. to make a, um, make it roughly nine percent alcohol, okay. and uh, boiled it for uh, a whopping three hours. Jeez. Uh, hence the color. Um, so it's a lot darker than, than the original beer. So there's not very many uh, uh, special malts in, the, in this. Um, saved you some. In this beer, <laughs> yeah. So if we saved you some beer, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's still a little bit left. <laughs> Whenever you're ready. Um, okay, so yep. it's the same uh, grain bill as the uh, standard best bitter. Exactly. Just um, 
you know, on steroids. More, does that mean more? You're actually just putting more in? More grain, yeah. More grain, okay. More grain, more hops to balance the, you know, right. the, the, sweetness. the sweetness. Um, so it gives us a pretty hefty beer. Once yeah. again, we made it Great pretty color. dry for the yeah. style because mm -hmm. that's what we like. Um, so it's, it's uh, yeah, it's not sickly sweet. It's not, it doesn't, um, it's not heavy. Uh, it's good alcohol. I like to think, yeah. Yeah. I think alcohol is very present it's at nine percent, but still not not hot and solvent, uh, which I'm not a fan of. So that's great. I feel like that's like a, correct me if I'm wrong. Is that a mark of a well-made beer, like not being able to abundantly taste the liquor? The alcohol? Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. think so too. Yeah. Okay, good. Because I wasn't yeah. sure if I was yeah. being. If it's yeah. only alcohol, the first, you know first first sniff, first sip, uh, and it, it keeps burning down the throat. Uh, you know, it's it's harder to drink. It's not yeah. it's not as yeah. more, as pleasant. It's fermentation issue as well. Yeah, most of the time. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I was never sure because I was like, yeah. oh, am I judging too harsh? Sometimes you know that hotter alcohol will mellow over time. So sometimes you can't really um, do it otherwise if you have like a very very strong beer, depending on the yeast strain and everything. So that's one of the reasons why aging beers and that uh, reduces that uh, bite. It, exactly. It'll it'll mellow out the um, the higher alcohols. So that's one of the one of the reasons for barrel aging, besides uh, you know giving it a potent bourbon like or flavor, whatever yeah. flavor, yeah, wood oak right. flavor, yeah. And is, this one is barrel aged. Or? This is not barrel aged. Not barrel aged. Okay, yeah. this is fantastic. Yeah. This, is, this is the uh, straight version. Yeah, yeah. straight version. Okay. Yeah. So talk us through what are we tasting here? So I'm not sure if I'm uh, getting that much of the the bitter. Definitely tastes like a well made barley wine. Which, to be fair, like from my perspective, I'm not a probably one of my least favorite styles mm -hmm. but it's because I'm such a lightweight yeah. and Bali wine's a minimum like 9% yeah. 10% yeah. so I'm like I can barely drink it and not get it yeah. you know not be able to drink anymore mm -hmm. so like but this is uh, I've had a few good ones recently and this is fantastic this is definitely like that nice green bill it's not like you said not overly sweet mm -hmm. I can't really taste the liquor at all yeah. Yeah. Um, what else are we talking through what else we got here what am I tasting yeah well so there's um, uh, what we noticed by you know Basically, all our English beers, we have a brown ale, we have a best bitter, uh, we have our, our Imperial Porter, we use the same yeast, yeast right. strain. Um, we noticed that uh, uh, when we bumped up these recipes, um, so making basically the same beer but with a um, higher alcohol, so right. a, a more vigorous fermentation, uh, the ester profile of the, the beer, uh, the, 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 the yeast, comes out a lot more. So you have right. some, some of the fruity esters. Uh, stone fruit, um, mm -hmm. mostly. Um, it's it's a little bit cold now, so you probably don't get that as much. Yeah, if yeah. if it warms up to 12, 14, 16 degrees Celsius, uh, then then that comes out uh, a lot more. Right. Um, there's a touch of uh, caramel as well, and then there's this beer. Basically, we wanted to focus on the malt. Uh, we're using a, a good, uh, high quality British uh, base malt, mm -hmm. uh, Golden Promise. Um, I've heard about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's originally a distilling malt, right. um, but uh, basically the British base malts are a little bit toastier than the uh, American uh, North American Turo. Okay. Um, so so you get a, a, a more of the malt complexity, the toastiness, the nuttiness right. uh, out of it. That's what we wanted to focus on with the, the base beer, the best bitter, and this is also what comes through with with uh, this beer. If, uh, Absolutely. If I'm not mistaken, no, I also get uh, something that's kind of like um, um, I'd say chlorophyll a little bit, a okay. little note like uh, a mentally that probably comes from the hops, um, maybe earthy, earthy, yeah. 
I can definitely go definitely detect earthy for sure. Everything yep. you've said, definitely yep. caramel, malt forward, a little bit of sweetness. I feel like like subtle hops. Yep. Like mildly, like very mildly bitter, but I think it's more like the fruitiness is kind of coming mm-hmm. through. Yep. Um, what's it hop to? I'm sorry. What's the hop? Uh, it's East Kent Golding and uh, Fogel. Yeah. So okay, so real British hop. It's, yeah, yeah, it's, so, it's right. yeah, very British. The two, two main uh, British hops. British yeah. Is this a is a barley wine? Excuse my ignorance. Yeah. Is, a, is a barley wine a British style originally? That's, or is it yeah, a, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know much about. I feel like they're then like I don't know, feel far between here, but maybe like they're just not as. Uh, like there's no barley wine renaissance yet, you know. Like everyone's focused on a whole bunch of other styles, and I've never personally been super interested in them. So I don't sure. know if they get their like adequate shine or whatever. At least the history of them isn't like as well known as like you know the IPA yeah. and stuff like that. Well, usually it's a it's an anniversary mm-hmm. ale also. It's, a, it's, it's a, one of the biggest like a like a celebration beer. Celebration exactly. beer, the anniversary. You, you know, if it's your first anniversary of the brewery, you're gonna brew something that's big. That's something that's going to keep, that you're going to be able to keep the bottles for a long time. Right. And the bar, it and that's it. And, right. and usually these are, are, most of the time, the, the beers that the brewers will choose. Right. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. This is very cool. It said this one was a super small batch, though. It said three batches. Yeah. That's it. Like, and I think less than 100 cases for, for this one. Yeah. And how old is this bad boy? Like, um, uh, we just brewed this, uh, bottled it in November. Yeah. Okay. So, so it's, it's not very old. old. Yeah. Uh, it would uh, probably uh, people find age it pretty age well. well. Yep. Yeah, that's Can what people we're... find it, do you think? Or is it gonna There's still some on the shelves, but, but uh, the cases have been sold, so if, if, if it doesn't yeah. come through... Uh, yeah, exactly. It, whatever's, whatever's not on the uh, shelf, on the shelf. It's, it's gone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's cool. Right. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. It's much cooler, yeah? yeah. Do you guys do a lot of... Because um, I've seen we've talked about that a couple of times now. You've done uh, two or three beers, at least, we've talked about today. In a, in a small batch sort of way, mm-hmm. yeah. is, like, clearly that's intentional for yeah. that to, to, to activate that craft beer, like go and find it type of thing. In that, that you know, mm-hmm. well, we like we like to experiment, and, and part of that project was mm-hmm. to to take like beers that we already have, but making them imperialize or stronger, stronger right. version mm-hmm. of it, and that's see cool. see what it can yeah. do, and and take half of those beers and put them in bottles, and half of it putting in in these bad boys uh, right behind right. us yeah and and see uh, if we can get more complexity and, and um, from from the spirits of the barrel from the oak from the aging mm-hmm. uh, and such and that's uh, cool and that's and I guess by nature it's it's automatically res- restricted right because you only got so many barrels and yep yeah right so it's not like you can just fill these guys up again and yep. no a lot, lot more work uh, on these. Uh, it always, you know, we can have like ten good barrels and one that's that's bad, uh, one that could actually leak uh, and, right. and be uh, or maybe exterior, external bacteria gets in there or something. That's it. That that's okay. it. Absolutely. So uh, unfortunately, we have to taste them like one by one. Yeah. Unfortunately, again, that's what I part dislike. of the yeah, it's like, in the morning. Yeah, it's like, like, he doesn't like it, so I, I have to do it. <laughs> you know. You are a soldier. You're a good partner. You're a good partner. I keep What was in these barrels beforehand, actually? I don't know. <laughs> just, I just have kidding. no idea. Yeah. Uh, yeah okay, we, so it says whiskey on that one. Bourbon yeah. whiskey. Yeah. Uh, all of these in front here are ex-bourbon. Yeah. Okay. So uh, basically, uh, they, they previously held uh, bourbon. Okay. The interesting part of... Uh, the interesting thing with um, bourbon barrels is... Uh, to be able to call your whiskey bourbon, you have to use new oak barrels. 
new oaks are currently yeah. being used before. So they can't reuse their, their barrels. So bourbon barrels are, are always very uh, potent and there's a lot on the market. Well, oh, because like Jack Daniels or something is using it and then... That's like, it. Well, they, they can't do anything with it. So right. either they scrap them or they sell them off to breweries or, yeah. or scotch distilleries or, or whatnot. Cool. Um, and, and yeah, so in the, I, I guess the beer barrel aging thing, which is now a pretty big thing, but wasn't always a big thing. No, of course, yeah. Uh, I first started with bourbon barrels because they, they were easier to source. Right. Um, and <coughs> the bourbon will... will uh, it, it, it's, 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 it's very potent and uh, um, yeah, it comes through, it, it comes through a lot flavor, because right? it, it's basically more or less new oak. It hasn't been washed down by batches and batches of spirits. Right. So you get the wood, you get the spirits, you, you get a lot of, nice, lot of complexity. Happy, medium. Yeah. That's sick. What other kinds of barrels? You get like tequila, wine, yeah. tequila wine. Yeah. and wine. Wine, red wine, wine. white wine. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Do you have any, uh, anything going in those you can talk about? Uh, I think it's fascinating. Yeah, Washer. we got we got the saison uh, <clears throat> saison imperialized and, and regular version too. And we got yeah. in, uh, red red and white. I, I don't remember the blend that we yeah we have and uh, we have the funk as well, yeah. the funk and the fury yeah. that we tasted before. We have two of those. Um, um, and yeah, basically at, at first we were like, okay, well. Four barrels here, four barrels there, two barrels here. Well, what do we put in? And then, like, we had a batch of uh, saison going on, and you know, wine. Or, like our saison is well suited for a wine barrel more than like a brown ale or a best bitter. So we kind of filled those up. Um, a lot of them we added some some dregs to, uh, which are basically the uh, yeast sediment of sour beers. Right. So chuck that in yeah, chuck that in. You know, Again, this you brewery in, in, in that barrel, and and, and then eventually keep testing. That's yeah, it. exactly. <laughs> if, eventually, they'll all get blended, or we'll we'll figure out a blend that, that works well. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. So, so mostly cool, saison and, and um, uh, the funk and the fury right. uh, and, so the, and the wine barrels. Yeah. Have you tried them yet? Course. Oh, of course, Chuck. We, we sample them regularly. Regularly, it's quality it's control. <laughs> That's what it's called. Control. Take them off for of the team. Have you? Uh, had, this is the first batch, I guess. Is that what I yep. should have said? And you haven't actually bottled or anything like that. No. These guys yet. We um, <clears throat> in like the first couple episodes of the podcast, there was these breweries in Toronto. They yep. all got together and they do these special beers every year. And they did a saison in a white barrel and a red barrel, yep. and they were some of the best uh, ones I've ever had. That's why yep. I was curious because I was just thought it was so interesting because it's the perfect style for I think wine it like soaks it up in a way that yeah. I don't know maybe some other like lighter style maybe a triple maybe even a Hefeweizen or something might be okay mm-hmm. but I feel like the Saison is perfect for it yeah. Yeah. so I think that would be uh, sick are they avant-garde beers or jukebox yeah, yeah. yeah. most of them uh, actually all of them that we talked are, uh, are avant-garde, avant-garde. Yeah. And we have a couple barrels uh, from Jukebox, like the the, the one that we sampled previously at the beginning of the the show. Um, And uh, there's a couple distortions as well. Um, Distortion, which is Jukebox IPA. Uh, But most of the barrels are uh, filled with avant-garde beers. Okay. And uh, eventually we'll even out the score and, and, you know, yeah. 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 I have a long way to go because... The hoppy beers are, are, are... not as easy to age no. in barrels because you lose a lot of the hoppiness so it makes it uh, uh, more challenging yeah. I'd say right but uh, so it's generally pretty the, interesting though. these bigger type of beers and uh, like 
Well, generally. usually it's, it's yeah. easier to make them uh, mature in, in those barrels. Right. Than... You got stats and stuff going on in there? Uh, yeah, well, we have our, one of the um, our imperial imperial porters, the coconut porter. Yes, yeah. we which we didn't barrel, we didn't yeah. coconut, we didn't dry coconut. Okay. We just put it into bourbon barrels, and we'll see after what we do with it. If we add coconut, or we add something else, or maybe we do single barrel of this, single barrel of that, then blend or something, or you could test. Yeah. We'll do see. you sky's the limit? Absolutely. Yeah. Do you um, add stuff to barrels? Is that like a thing? Like, would you put a coconut in a barrel? With that, all that mess with you have to make a pretty big hole to put the coconut in the barrel. is pretty small, so you <laughs> oh, have yeah? to... Oh, uh, this yeah. little thing on the top, like that yeah. little like, uh, plug. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, see it, yeah. it's, that's on this I, I know you're talking these little guys here. That's exactly. It. Yeah. So it's and it's quite it, small. Okay, so you wouldn't you, be you able to... Could, yeah. You could, and we... we would it so affect, far, we... Uh, would it affect, sorry? Oh, no, continue. Yeah. Would it affect the flavors of the barrel? Would it ruin the wood for future use if you don't put extra crap? Well, that's the, I guess... That's the bet, you know, uh, will it or will it not? Yeah. If it is, it could be in a better way. It could be in a, you know, some some way that, that you wouldn't be able to reuse the barrel afterwards. So Which is kind of the yeah. point you want to continue to use it, right? Like, yeah. Cause as, the as much as you can, yeah. A lot of breweries put fruit in their barrels, yeah. which is, um, it's, it's pretty commonplace. And especially if you have like wild yeast, um, uh, like beers that, if you add like bread or, or, or spontaneously ferment some beers, you put them in the barrels, you add fruit. Uh, if you know all the fruit have like wild yeast on the skins and, and whatnot, so it adds to the complexity. The thing is, actually, the question is, can you get the fruit out after? That's, that's a big problem. Getting whatever you put in the barrel out after uh, is kind of a pain in the ass. Do you clean uh, the barrels, or is the whole point? To like just let them sit and and all those flavors resonate. Like, is it mm. is, is that it, even a thing, or you just somewhat of a rinse that you usually have to do? Okay, because uh, it might be like actual physical matter. Well, that's it. Right? Like, yeah. yeah. Okay. But at the same time, you you want to <clears> keep <throat> it if if the the, the uh, wild yeast in your barrel is is really what you want. You don't really want to get it out as as much totally. as you can. You don't want to touch it and. And with these spirits like the, the uh, bourbon and, and rye and, and such, you you want to rinse it, but not too much to, to take off all of the flavors. You want yeah. to add it to the beer. Exactly. So it's, it's kind of a balance. Uh, Fine line. Yeah. Like you could go too far by cleaning it too much, or you don't clean it enough. That's it. And it exactly. And the first time you use it, it will taste a lot. You know, really fast. You'll you'll see what will taste uh, pretty soon. Uh, oh, very soon. The, the yeah. <laughs> The, the barley wine that, that was aged in, in, the, in the barrel, mm -hmm. but um, you know, you'll, you'll taste probably the, the bourbon that, that's in, but the first time you'll taste it a lot, the second time will take a lot more time to get this flavor out, right. and the third time you might even not get at all hmm. this, this flavor. Interesting. Because I would have thought that it would have continued to, to get more complex over time as opposed to being reduced, yeah. but yeah. maybe it's the wood. No, it's but the refill, you know, He's refill. talking about refilling the barrels. Like, like, yeah. if you, like when, when these are emptied and we refill them, the you'll, get, you'll get less from the original spirits, you know? Okay. Good point, good point. Yeah. Right, right, right. So uh, as more as you, you refill the, yeah. bar, the, the barrels, the less you'll get usually the spirit taste and, and the barrel will become neutral. Hmm. So then, because this happens to be a distillery, is there a way around that? Because you're like, all right, well, we just aged the barley wine in here. Here, I'll like, take that, go chuck whiskey in it or whatever, and then give it back to us. And is it something they, like that? Or? Yeah. They are starting to do it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think uh, I think it's Jameson uh, 
who has their their whiskey uh, in a barrel that had beer before. Oh, Usually yeah. it's the other way around, right? Yeah. So, so you, you, yeah. you get your barrels for, for the, 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 the whiskey and then you, you, you chug it back to the, the breweries so they'll take it. Right. And then they take the, 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 yeah. brew, the barrels from the brewery and they put back spirit in there. That's sick. You see, uh, yeah. And then you can keep the cycle going. So exactly. it refreshes it each time and maybe even gives the spirits a yeah. bit more of an interesting yeah. like, touch, yeah. touch to it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's sick. You can you can recondition the interior of the barrels too because yeah. you know like just strip the outside, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the, you know, here you have the, the wood, but inside, which it's important to, to know is that if you want to get flavors from the oak, you have to you have to cook the inside, you have to char it or right. toast it or, or whatever. So it's basically like we were talking about the coconut before, uh, where if you don't toast your coconut, it doesn't taste that like much. Anything, you know? right? When yeah. you toast it, that's that's where all the flavor comes out. It's the same with um, with barrels. If you don't, if you just use it like the the virgin wood, uh, you put beer in it, it probably won't taste very much. But if you if you char it or if you toast it, um, then you you uh, the the beer will will uh, extract uh, the flavor compounds that are into the in the wood. Wow. So so basically, what's interesting with you know spirit <clears throat> barrels is they're, they're you know usually very charred. Bourbon barrels are very charred on the inside. They're like basically burnt wood. Uh, whereas wine barrels will be just lightly toasted, so you, like you can, if you look inside, you see the color is, is you know, it's well, it's like this for one. Maybe. Well, yeah, it's it's, it's maybe like like this here. You see, like uh, well, you probably can't see it on the camera, but uh, it's it's basically you, you take a. a um, if you take a torch and, and you and you just like uh, kind of lightly singe like the wood, like a creme brulee. Exactly. Right. So so you have a bit of a coloring, but you won't have like the the burnt wood on the inside. Right. Like Whereas, how these are super dark. Yeah. If you look like, at the, the like the bourbon <clears> barrels, <throat> probably like uh, alligator skin uh, right, type like of really uh, dark. Yeah, like charcoal oh. kind of. So yeah. they so, kind of like these barrels were then essentially these metal things would have to be lifted and then they would take them apart exactly rechar them they yeah. clean them and take it off or they just rechar it Sometimes. that's a good question yeah. uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure about that that's um, I you, think you that can do it when you want you want to strip it you have to again, take right? all of these staffs yeah uh, separate and reassemble yeah. afterward which is a lot of work obviously I can imagine yeah, yeah. but uh, charring is a little easier because you only have to take the top and the uh, yeah. which oh, is still a really a challenge to, to put back on <laughs> right yeah because you yeah, I can imagine we put you to, to the work. challenge you could yeah. do a podcast on that just I'll take just a barrel apart and put try it to put it back together, together. Yeah, a lot Let's harder than a Rubik's cube. Yeah. yeah, do you guys have you guys done it before? <laughs> no, no, no. We will eventually, though. Yeah, if you do it, let yeah. me know, and we'll we'll, we we'll try to do it, it together. We'll film it. That'd be kind of fun. But, all right. <laughs> Let's see how long it takes. Yeah. You just put the camera in the corner, press go, fast forward that thing. Yeah, like three hours is gonna take us. Probably. Yeah. yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah. Um, I don't know about you guys, but yeah, you want to try? Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna save a little bit of this. Yeah. Here, so I can compare it afterwards. All right, your, your glass isn't empty, so. Uh, no, well, since, uh, well, what could I do if my glass isn't empty? I have an idea. <sighs> Go ahead. What do you think? Straight from the barrel. Straight from the barrel. Are you game? I'm not. Is, is he game? I'm not. I'm not scared. Like I'm just gonna say that I'm not <laughs> yeah. afraid. I've heard the words scared yeah. and afraid. Yeah. I'm not familiar with that emotion. No. All right. You're I ready. I understand it. I'm ready. You're ready. You're pretty clean. You might want to take off your you shirt. <laughs> Just to make sure. <laughs> All right, let's do it. All right, let's All give right. it a crack. Oh, I'm ready. This is about to get real. Yeah. All right, let's see. You want to fill up first? Multitask here with the... Uh, 
You want to fill the glasses first? Oh. No, no. It's, it's oh, I'm going to kick it off? Uh, uh, actually, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll put a glass and then we can corner Yeah, that might be easier. I'll come from this side just for camera purposes. All right, so we're doing it. We're <laughs> doing it. We're doing it? Yeah. Uh, do you, maybe I should... Um, maybe we should... Uh, Which one? Uh, this, is, this is what I'll do. Oh, there you go. Is that better? That's yeah, great. Because yeah. you don't want right. to hide the, the, the action there with your... Uh, we need to be able to see that. Uh, so you guys can see what the fridge looks like. Oh, we can see it. Yeah, get you see this. Beard. No, it's 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 just uh, dried beer. Alright. It came out, you know, oh, and pearled out of the. Are you recording? I'm re yeah, we're recording. Okay. Yeah. We record the whole time. Don't worry about All it. Alright. Excellent. Uh, are we ready? Yeah, start Are you ready? Oh, so ready. So ready. All right. You've been uh, waiting for this your whole life? My whole life. So, Craig has never drunken from a barrel? Nope. If I may uh, say so? Nope, never. So, this, really is a, this is a pretty good first time. So taking the mail out. So, this is the Bali wine yeah. we just drank? Exactly. Bourbon barrel from uh, Heaven Hill Distilleries. Okay. Well, you when you're first. ready. You wanna... I'm ready, ready. Let's yeah. do it. All right. Go. All right, can you, can you hold it? Can you hold it? Can you hold it? Ah, it's nice. All right. All right. More? Mm. There you go. <laughs> so much better than vodka shots, Do you want to try? No, I'm going to try. I'm going to drink for the glass. Oh, yeah, yeah, Tiffany. Come on. Yeah? Okay, Tiffany, yeah. You. No? Okay, okay, now I'm going to try back to back. Okay. Ooh, barley wine. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Is it Russian? Oh, yeah. Oh, hey, 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 What's up? Do we have another glass? Chuck that and uh, quickly, we're, we're, we're <laughs> losing pressure. Uh, hang on, hang on. Ah, there we go. <laughs> good? Perfect. Awesome. That was fun. That was fun. Wasn't too messy at all. No, you're, 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 <laughs> no, a bit. your aim was good. Yeah, it wasn't too bad, you know, it was a, it was a good team effort there. Like, no? Yeah, I didn't so need to get that naked, like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's fun, we should, uh, we should drink from barrels more often. <laughs> so we can just keep recording with the party, we just face over here, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Sure. You put, we can put it back down there. Beautiful. There That's great. There so you can definitely taste the, um, the bourbon barrels. Maybe Absolutely. Yours? Oh, yeah. Definitely, uh, so how how long has this particular one been uh, aging? Couple months? Two months? About two months. Okay. Uh, ballpark. Eight weeks. Two, two days. days. Eight weeks. Eight weeks. Two days. Ballpark. <laughs> ballpark. Ballpark. Um, okay, that's fantastic. And it's um, I feel like it's borderline like a shot, like a weak shot of bourbon at this point. Mm -hmm. Is that reaching a bit, or would that no, be accurate? No, that's, that's not. Um, that's yeah. not reaching too much. The bourbon is. Very, very, very present. Yeah. You get um, a creaminess from the barrel as well. Mm -hmm. um, Almost coconut. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And uh, yeah, it's... It's, it's uh, vanilla. Vanilla. Vanilla for sure. It's exactly yeah. what it the is. The wood is, is slowly like extracting yeah. and, and uh, the vanilla flavor will... Right. And keep that. in mind, this is warm yeah, and uncarbonated. So yeah, the mouthfeel and the, the aromas are are, different. are are different. When once you know once it's bottled and, and chilled, um, yeah, it'd be a little different. Yeah. Um, but, uh, would it be a stretch to say that this is uh, not too dissimilar from a cask version? 
So you could pop that once it's finished aging almost directly in the cask. I mean, I guess you have to still carbonate it. Yeah, it's, it's two different processes, right? So this right. one is barrel age. Can you barrel age and then cask it, or it doesn't work? Absolutely. You could. Yeah. You, yeah. You add a little, uh, little yeast, little uh, sugar, and, and get your uh, carbonation. Right. Okay. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's very interesting to um, to try these versions, the version with directly from the barrel. Uh, and I think. Uh, I think we should be drinking from barrels more often. That's what I'm Barrels are awesome. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, it's kind of like glassware, but you you can't see through it. And Pretty it's much. Larger. It's larger. So it's, it's, uh, it's practically <laughs> a big glass, is what you say. It's a big. Glass. It's a big glass. It's a big yeah. glass. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. These are awesome. Definitely. Dude. It's very very cool. Um, you know what? So we had this uh, section of the podcast. I got like barley wine all over my fingers, but so we have a thing called a lightning round. Oh. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh. oh. All right. So it tends to be about that lightning. Yeah. All right, you're ready. All right. So <laughs> kind of rapid fire questions. You can answer lengthy. You can take your time. So uh, first one would be, what's your guilty pleasure beer? So a beer that you'd be maybe embarrassed to admit to each other or your fellow beer nerds that uh, you enjoy um, or you don't hate, maybe. Uh, that's a good question. So to give you a that's quick tip, Scott, my my podcast yeah. partner, his guilty pleasure beer is Labatt Fifty. Yeah. yeah, I'm more of like a Corona kind of sure. guy. I like so sort of like I wouldn't go buy it, but if it was there, I'd be like, I'm not that furious at all. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. Although I've seen Scott actively buy a Labatt Fifty, so that's yeah. a different game. Yeah, yeah. I'm a There's about a whole vibe there. around Labatt Fifty. Which there is, is like uh, a whole hipster. Yeah, like, exactly. Uh, thing. Yeah, it's like Pabst. I'm I'm not a big fan of Labatt Fifty myself. I would say, you know, I, I personally um, uh, passed an exam for, uh, to be a beer judge a couple of years ago, and uh, I focused on, on styles that we've been studying that, that um, I didn't know that well or that are harder to, you know, differentiate, mm-hmm. and I really like Budweiser. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. No, that's a jaw-dropping <laughs> Yeah, no, Budweiser was actually, I, I very much enjoyed my Budweiser. Really? And studying, you know, American light lagers and, and standard lagers, and, and they're all kind of the same, but then when, when you dive in there... Bud isn't that bad. Bud isn't that bad. Would you take a Bud over a Coors? Light? Yeah. Yeah? Definitely. You know? I, I think, well, I think it's still a good beer, but uh, Whole Garden, I think it was a, what got me into beer at the, uh, the first time, and every time I get one, I mean, it's really rarely. Um, it, it's still, it's still something. Sour, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's still the landmark. It's not that embarrassing though. I, I think know, Budweiser's uh, way more embarrassing. I, I, I think so too. too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. is pretty good. Like I'm not mad for like a macro. Yeah, yeah. Have, have Cor- yeah Cor- Corona is uh, you know. That's People where we see you, 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 you like the skunkiness of, of yeah. beers. <laughs> you know, the, the it's it's water. That's kind of yeah. why I don't. Maybe because it's less offensive to me. Yeah. Because it's water, essentially. Yeah. But I, I can I, I hear that, and with the lime, you know, you, yeah, you just like, love the, like push the lime in there. It got me into beer back in the day as well. Like it was one of the first things we were at clubs yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, went from drinking like those little fizzy lemon vodka yeah. drinks yeah, and yeah. stuff yeah. to then Corona. Heineken, Budweiser, Corona, yeah. and stuff. I used to think Heineken was strong and gross. Like All right. So on the flip side, sure. what beer would you decline under any circumstance? So if you came over to my house and hey, bro, I want this, and you'd be like. I'll take a water. Mm. Mine would be I, PBR, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I hate PBR with a passion. There's nothing yeah. you'll get me to drink. 
those those kind of beers, uh, maybe a Coors Light. Um, you know, I've, I've, we have access to so much alcohol, uh, unfortunately. Yeah. That oh, fortunately, unfortunately. Yeah, that's it. So, you know, uh, you gotta choose your battles. You you gotta choose what you want to drink and, and what you don't want to drink. And for this kind of experience, I prefer to be sober for, for these. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's fair. That's, that's fair. Yeah. That, that's it, you know. Okay. But um, I usually bring my stuff that never happens exactly. to me. So. There you go, right? You're never going to yeah. run into a yeah, barbecue. Uh, you know, oh, we got as cool as bro. You're like, all right, well, cool. I'm out. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go back to the car. I'm going to have to <laughs> check out my own beer. Yeah. So. There's a depener. <laughs> Always close. What would you say? Yeah. I, I want to say Bud Light Limerita. I have to say that that wouldn't be exactly true because I've had it before. It's not that bad. I declined it. But yeah, I liked it. Because you don't judge it as beer. It's it's not beer, it's a lime drink. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Okay. I'm I'm not mad. Um, (laughs) Next question. Favorite beer style, like overall? Favorite style. Style. Oh, that's good. That's a hard one. I like them all. Like, if there was one that you, if, if it was like, there was one beer that one beer that no that's another question after oh. not a specific beer right now just a style like high level so if you like I would say mine would be like an IPA or a double IPA that's, but yeah. like if I'm going somewhere I'm like what what did they if I'm trying a new brewery that's what I want to try first do you yeah. have something like that like definitely sour beer I'd say like sour, if I'm nice. going to Belgium it goes nice uh, definitely absolutely yep. and where like wherever I Go like if I go to the states or, or I was in Portland a couple a uh, couple weeks ago. Uh, yeah, you know everywhere I went, first thing I tried was the, the sours. sours. Oh, yeah. okay. and then, then the Bud Light, then the Lime Marino. I I would say on my part, uh, I'm I'm really like split between like IPAs and saison and uh, maybe a Pils. Pils. But if if one would win, it would be the uh, the IPA. Yeah, yeah. classic. Yeah, classic American. Um, I, I really like the West Coast. Uh, yes. Went to San Diego this, this summer, and I thought they were all amazing. They're amazing. Yeah. Uh, actually, no, I'm gonna come to. I was gonna. Okay, I'm talking about it now. I'm right now. I've only had maybe one of them, but I'm kind of obsessed because yeah. of Instagram with the New England IPAs, yeah, the yeah, easy yeah. juice ones. Yeah. Oh, man, do you guys do anything like that? Yeah, we're working on something like yes, that. You yeah. Are. Yeah. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Please tell me about that. Yeah. I, like I'm a, like I'm. I got all. I, I don't know if you guys are sort of on Instagram like that, but I follow a lot of the other beer guys, mm-hmm. and I'm seeing everyone's yeah. like the, the thousand people line at Treehouse or Trillium in yeah, Massachusetts, yeah, yeah. and yeah. like and we recently went to uh, to Alchemist, went to Vermont, yeah. and we got to go to there, which was so sick. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wasn't really that aware of it then. I've sort of like because we're here and I have, I have had immigration things, I haven't been able to leave and go do sure. it. So I've seen it from afar. And then uh, a brewery in Ontario did one recently. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, damn, this is crazy. I just mm. like, because I've been like, t- typically the West Coast stuff as well, like that San Diego, you know, the Stone and uh, mm-hmm. say Sierra Nevada and um, the Russian River. Yeah. East like, Coast is the West Coast, right? Yeah. It, it <laughs> absolutely is, man. Like, I've been telling all my, love the Ontario brewery guys that I know, I'm like, dudes, like, do New England style IPAs. And I don't think it's a trend. Like, I'm seeing on Instagram that yeah. it's. Uh, it's here to stay. It's it's here. To, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think it's temporary. I think it's the next. Sure. Like you said, it's the new West Coast yeah. IPA. Would you guys tend to agree? And, and then actually, it's kind of skipping ahead. But would you say this would be one of the new beer trends? Like, do you have a new favorite beer trend? Because mm-hmm. I I think it's one of the one of the thing, and, and this is why we're we're trying to make one. But also because we think it's good too. Like you enjoy the style. Have you had many of them? Have you had any of these like American ones that are like? Oh yeah, de- definitely. And, and I mean. Um, 
the, the thing with um, the New England IPA, in my opinion, I mean, it's not a trend as in, in as much as, you know, IPAs, like everybody thought, well, IPA is a trend, IPA is right. a trend, but IPA has been there for like 15 years now yeah. or, or well, whatnot. I mean, like, technically like three or oh, four hundred. Te- technically, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, but I mean, American style IPAs yeah, as yeah. we know them today. Yeah. And But they, they've, if you look at the history of it, they've evolved a lot. Yeah. And every evolution, it, it, it's it's kind of like, uh, like I just said, East Coast is a new West Coast. Well, the West Coast IPAs were the big thing for a while, yes. and now it's kind of shifted to the East Coast IPAs because the less bitterness, yeah, more texture, IPAs. more juiciness. Yeah, less uh, head. It's super fruity, fruity and everything. Big but fruity hops. I think I don't think it's a trend either. Uh, it's a sort of a trend, but I mean, it's, it's, it's going to stay for a while. Right it's what's yeah. hot right now, and eventually, it's going to shift to something else. Exactly, and, but it doesn't and, mean uh, it's going to go away because those no. West Coast ones absolutely have not absolutely. gone away. Yeah. Yeah. No. That's it. Um, okay, good. Like, yeah. you, I was. I've been trying to like tell more people about it because I'm sort of yeah. like when we went back to Australia, just really put it in perspective. We went back last summer, and I was seeing what where they're at, and they're at all the all the breweries there have a golden ale. Mm. And summer ales generally, and right. pales, right? Right, that's the whole thing. I'm like, interesting. And in Canada, I feel like all breweries have IPAs, and they're starting to do that. And in America, it's double IPAs, sours, and now these New England style IPAs. And generally, the states, with, with most things in popular culture, tend to be the the, the compass. Yep, they're leading the way. Yeah. So I was like, I'm just trying. I was trying to tell my boy the other day, like, like this is where it's going, and I'm. It's not a tip. Like you're jumping on a trend, like. It's just where the needle is moving right now. Yeah. yeah. And you kind of got to go there. And, and, and in Ontario, like I said, I've had one. I know of two or three others because I've really been like asking around. Yeah. Um, and I, I've heard Oval has one in yep. Quebec. But yeah. they're like impossible to get because mm-hmm. they're like so far as well. But like sure. when they drop, they just go. Yeah. I'm very happy to hear that you guys are making one. Yeah. That's super dope. But are there other ones around Quebec? Are you, is there well, any other people that are doing it? There's a double fruit punch that we brew here from Is that a New England stuff? Yeah. No uh, way. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm going to try it again then. Okay. It's one of, yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, I think, Tom is also, uh, makes really? one. But I mean, Tom I, um I've had it a, a couple times. I mean, it's not a steady product. Um, seasonal? Or they just do it occasionally? They do it occasionally. And What's it's, it called? Uh, IPA. Just their IPA, yeah. I, oh, I believe so. Yeah. It's not the standard IPA, yeah. But their double uh, IPA is really cloudy too. Mm-hmm. I, I had a pint uh, just before. But what it, 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 in my opinion, it, it's so changed good. a lot since the first time they brewed it, Absolutely, and I think it's, yeah. it's changed in that direction. Yeah. Um, yeah. Otherwise, uh, I don't know. Um, I think that uh, a lot of people are, are going in that direction, but it's probably not moving as fast as the states, uh, right? as in the states. Well, in the states, I mean. A couple of breweries, in, it's why it's called the New England IPA, like uh, Eddie Topper and, and well, The Alchemist and... and uh, Julian uh, Treehouse and Night Shift, I think, does them too. Yeah, uh, but, you know, it, it started and some, like, somebody first brewed it. I'm not exactly sure who first brewed it, an IPA like that, and then it, it got popular and people caught on to it, and that's how, that's how it starts. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I have a feeling, just listening to people on, you know, social media and everything, I think it's... it's Going, like IPAs are going in that general direction, but then it's it all depends on you know you have to be able to brew a good one you know that's true uh, it's not um, not necessarily easy to, to make a beer imagine. like that yeah so it's a um, different process and uh, absolutely no, it's not like just chucking hops in the fermenter like there's a whole lot yeah of, no, 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 no if you want the, the 
cloudiness and, and uh, the, the extreme fruitiness. I mean, mm -hmm. you have to know how to, you know, go get those subtle flavors. Or, and it has to be balanced, too. Yep. You know, like all beers, we, everyone gets back to balance. But if you, like you said, if you just chug in some more hops and more hops, at, at one point you'll have something that's really, like, green flavor, like, yeah. like grass and uh, chlorophyll. And uh, it's not something that's enjoyable. So uh, I read actually that uh, so Trillium did a collab with Lawson's Finest out of Vermont, yep. mm -hmm. and they did a, a beer called Pow Pow, and they used lupulin powder. And right. It's this yellow like nice. powder stuff. I got a bloke from Vermont that we're going to do a podcast with. Yeah. So he's coming next week, and he's going to bring one. So yeah. I'm like, man, I don't know why I'm a, something. Maybe like because I was obsessed with Hedy as well. So going to um, Alchemist was like biggest thing for me yeah. just because I hadn't left for a while and just to see that new brewery it's huge yeah, yeah, yeah. and like to get Focal Bang and all the other beers and stuff Yeah. Um, so I'm sort of like maybe just because it's scarcity and I don't have access to it so it makes me like I see everyday people posting like Julius and the Green and mm -hmm. all the hazy Absolutely. beers I'm just like oh, I don't want these damn <laughs> um, so I was okay that's good you can't have it because I can't have it you can't but have it I was here, but I, at the same token I'm equally as fascinated by um, wanting to try as many Canadian ones as possible because yep. the beer here is like world class like absolutely mm -hmm. and Quebec's especially like it's phenomenal it really is and I feel like I don't dig enough into it when I get to do these podcasts and talk to sure. guys and, and yeah. hear more about it it's just it, it's fascinating to me so it's good to know that you guys are all people who have shown us all these crazy beers mm -hmm. that you guys have mm -hmm. done already um, if you're doing that like is it going to be avant garde or a jukebox? It's probably going to be a jukebox, yeah. yeah. Just keep me posted on that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I will. So that was the trends. Um, is there a least favorite beer style on some hater stuff right here? Like, if you, what, what would be, it doesn't mean you have to hate it. Like, I would almost say the Bali one uh, is my White American, uh, oh, light, light American, <laughs> American, <laughs> American yeah. macro adjunct lager. Yeah, that's an easy one, yeah. yeah that's um, an easy one. Anything else? Uh, no, really? You don't have to hate yeah. on stuff. We're all about positivity. Honestly, um, and, and I don't know if it's because I'm um, sensitive to, to some flavor compound that most other people aren't, but I usually, I don't really like coffee oh, uh, beers. Really? Yeah. And coffee then, beers or coffee in general? No, no, I love coffee. Okay, I'm a okay. super huge coffee drinker. Right. And maybe, maybe that's why I don't like coffee beers. Uh, I, I rarely had a coffee beer that I, I really enjoyed. Mm. Because I find that they, they taste like uh, old coffee filters. You know how you, <laughs> like if you if you make like a, a pot of drip coffee and, yeah. and in the next day you make another one. You take your fil your old filter out because I don't I don't dump of it. Course it. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> you take the old filter out and it, it has a distinctive smell right. to it. And a well, I've never really tasted one, but anyway, there's a distinctive smell to it, and I find that coffee beers like the coffee turns into that hmm. very quickly in a beer. And I've had like coffee beers like very very fresh where like the pint was poured or the glass was poured and it was awesome and at the end of the glass it smelled like that stale coffee, coffee. Filter. yeah so I uh, yeah I would say coffee beers are, are my least favorite uh, but then again there's there's so much it's like our, our coconut uh, porter I mean I would love to love coffee beers because I would you know there's so much potential mm -hmm. in mixing, you know, a stout or even now there's like IPAs two flavors and, and that uh, mix together. Yeah. it's there's two flavors that mix together. You're right, but there's this, you know, little, you know, 
staleness that I I can detect every time. I can feel that. I'm going to say smoked beers. Uh, I'm with you on that. I don't like smoked beers. I I wish I liked it. But it's just I, I I really it's not something I enjoy. Like or that crazy beers. German one, hot pepper, pepper beers. Yeah, I'm not into them either. No, that's a man. You guys are bringing up all the gold today. Yes, that's a good point. <laughs> I'm not in love with the coffee beers either, but yeah. I totally feel you. The pepper beers, like I like spicy food yeah. too. But then I you, love it. Yeah. Have you had the habanero um, ballast point? You know how the ballast point IPAs and they have like yeah. the pineapple version. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Habanero yeah, yeah. version just ruins a great IPA. Like, <laughs> yeah. like it's cool. It's cool, it's but I don't want to drink it. I'm not trying to drink that. I'll have a Sip. I'll no, sip. No, no, no. Yeah. Review it for the book. Like, sure. Prefer someone else order it than have a sip. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm trying to drink a full pint of that bad boy. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Um, okay, so the another one is Desert Island beer. So if you could now, this is where I get specific. Oh yeah. So yeah. not style, the actual beer. So if you're on a Desert Island and you could drink that one beer forever, what would uh, that one beer be? And that's a tough one. Because yeah. my immediate thing would be like. Something along the heady lines, mm-hmm. yeah. but even heady, I've got a couple like one that's like three months old in the fridge right now, and it's yeah. not the same as what it used to be. Yeah, if it's and fresh it, all the time, it's fresh all the time, yeah. and it's like bad, bad. But I'm like, it's very sweet and very like, mm-hmm. like as much as it's, it's sexy, it's awesome to me. I don't yeah. know if I could drink that forever, yeah, so I, I'm trying to reevaluate. I think I'm gonna yeah. go with um, Pure Hoppiness by um, Alpine in San Diego. Oh, Alpine! Oh. And they have Duet and Nelson. Yeah. yeah. Oh, shit. Like, yo, we had that on a podcast one time and it blew my mind. I think it was like the Duet. The un- Duet was, it was, duet I think it was Duet yeah. was like, oh my God. Yeah. That was crazy. Oh, yeah, and then fresh. there's the Green Flash version and then there's the Alpine version. Because Green Flash yeah. bought them out and they brew it out of Green oh, Flash. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And apparently it's the shape of the bottles. All these dudes were telling me yeah, about yeah. it. Like, oh, which version? I'm like, what are you talking about? It's Alpine. Like, no, no, no. They bought them and now there's different ones. Oh, yeah. So I don't know what the difference. I haven't tried them side by side, That's but good I think. Stuff. Everything okay. I had from them, like, live like there. Phenomenal. Like, phenomenal. Yeah. Great choice. Sean, how you going to Yeah. Get on, on the Renault's level, bro. Um, that's, uh, yeah, good question. If we're thinking, like, hot, tropical desert island, does... That's what a lot of people say. <laughs> I yeah. feel like it's probably a bad question. Because right. I feel like... Because I, yeah. I, I immediately thought Berlin Vice, right? Cold and lonely but, island. Uh, <laughs> lonely island. Very, but, very cold, very lonely. <laughs> Berlin Vice and, and Bud Light. And, <laughs> Stop uh, the... Bu- I'm just joking. <laughs> but, um... Yeah. Uh, you're making people yeah. upset, Sean. Yeah. I don't know. So, so basically, the beer, like, if I had to, you know, drink only one beer for the rest of my life, what beer that would be? Yeah, say it that way as opposed to Desert Island. I think I have to reword this question yeah. now. Because <laughs> people keep bringing that up. Am I, am I naked hard. on the island? Or? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> okay. But naked. It has to be naked on this island. Well, um, <laughs> you don't have access to clothes. Good thing I'm not there. Yeah. <laughs> Just you. You and the mangoes. You and the yeah. mangoes, yeah. And the beer. I would say... I don't know. Um, I don't know. Uh, it would definitely be be like a along the lines of a sour wild ale. Cantillon something. Maybe Ooh. Cantillon, but Cantillon is is it's very sour. Like it's you know. Too sour. I, yeah, I mean, I I can picture myself maybe not getting tired of it, but. Can't say that on camera. No, you, can, you can say whatever. No. It's okay. Uh, We're gonna cut it in the montage. Yeah. <laughs> in the montage. 
I would um, say, okay, I, I'm gonna go for a, a, a um, Boongers. Um, yeah, I'd go for that. Okay. I would drink less, right? But I would, Sip. I would, I would, I would enjoy it. <laughs> I'd enjoy the complexity of it. You are fancy, Sean. Yeah, yes. You are fancy, and that's I okay. Am. I'm not mad at you. Um, we did the beer trends. Uh, do you guys have any? Okay, these are new questions, actually, new ones. Do you have a favorite beer city slash destination or country that's like your favorite place to go for beer specifically? Mm-hmm. Like, is there somewhere you've been? Uh, you both mentioned two very, very important beer cities. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A few minutes, last few minutes. Yeah. Is either like you I'm gonna go with this. Yeah. Between Diego? Belgium and I think San Diego is yeah. the all-around like choice you, that I've, I've just experienced. Just can't go wrong there, right? You get everything. Uh, the food, the beer, the the weather. The weather, um, probably. Yeah. 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 All right. That's a good choice. Yeah. I like that. Go I would have to go with something like that, even though like I haven't. Beer traveled that much in the past few years, um, but uh, it stands out off the top of your head. Um, well, definitely Belgium, I, I, um, for sure. Like uh, uh, Brussels, yeah, we have to go. But yeah, I would say Research. like Cal- it's a write off. Yeah, yeah uh, San Diego and, and more generally the like California uh, general area. Yeah, south southwest. Um, uh, US yeah. um, that's true there's a bunch happening out that way definitely definitely okay. but I like I haven't been in like recently Neither in that I. area so like I can't really say well this is my beer city but it's definitely my beer destination for the next couple that's of years that's where you're looking to go yeah. Yeah. oh absolutely right there with you Germany yeah. Colorado uh, Den- Colorado to Denver, Denver like Colorado as a whole because Boulder has a bunch exactly yep. and uh, Denver yep. um, another Portland, Maine which I've been wanting me well, that's, to go that's, to that's the Portland I, I went to actually oh you went to that Portland I haven't been to Portland, the Oregon other, the other yeah, Portland Portland, yeah. Oregon yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, dudes tell me about that recently definitely. like Ooh, the hop farms and stuff out there I went to Rogue who was it the other guy from Helm that were telling us yep. they went out there recently and oh, really? they went to Rogue and they saw the whole hot farms nice. and stuff and it was just next level it's disgusting yeah the west coast is I wish it was so I wish it was cheaper yeah to get to hot farms um, in all fair enough no I met a, a bloke his name's Alexandre he has a uh, from here he has mm-hmm. a hot farm called Bastia okay I met him through the Helm guys I, he's relatively new he's only yeah. worked with a few guys so we're planning to go out there but I haven't actually been to any a few uh, two or three others in Ontario have reached out but it, the thing with hot farms is very seasonal so yeah. we could come now but it'd just be sticks yeah. Yeah. so it's like we have to go in <laughs> summer, you know yeah. when it's like popping so we yeah. actually haven't no i've never yeah. been the closest i've ever seen hops was at uh bows you yeah. know van Cleek hill yeah, yeah, yeah. they have the the outdoor yeah. patio area yeah. and they had the hops and like oh my god like that's why i got to see the cone and rip it open and make it like a little lemon slice on the beer and <laughs> super cool so that's why yeah. i was asking about the cones because that was yeah. the main experience i'd had with mm-hmm. fresh from the vine sure uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. so i'm definitely keen to check out hop farms all right um, that's good now do you have an underrated style brewery city or country so whether it's like a style that doesn't get enough love or a brewery whether it's here or the states or anywhere mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe there's a particular city that uh, is maybe up and coming and that you've been to that you feel like doesn't get the attention from, from the community that it deserves for example yeah. the one I've read right. about I have not been mm-hmm. but I've read so much about Asheville uh, yeah. I believe it's South Carolina no maybe it's North Carolina yeah, South Carolina South Carolina yeah, right? yeah. Um, I've heard about that yeah. I keep meeting I mean, people from there Carolina. 
It's one of the two. Yeah, I apologise to our Asheville homies. <laughs> I should know. We've had a few barley yeah. wines, guys. Relax. <laughs> um, but I keep hearing about it. People keep saying yeah. it's, the, it's the new San Diego, I believe. Sure. It. Oh, they're saying it's the new something. And whatever they compared it to was something along the lines of San Diego that it was mm-hmm. super impressive. I'm like, damn, it's uh-huh. a, a large, uh, large claim. That, was, that's a good idea. Let's see Midland. Uh, Ontario? No, no. no uh, Midland in, in the States. Uh, the whole Midlands. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like Middle West? The No Coast. West? The No yeah. Coast, yeah. The, the Midlands. Okay, like, uh, like Chicago. Chicago. Down south, like exactly. Ohio. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, I think there's Surly like there. There's a few other stuff that are, uh, <laughs> seem to be interesting. Half Acre and all those joints. Not a lot of people are yeah. talking about or, all right. There seemed to be a, a scene there, and I would love to... Uh, to check that out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a good idea. Yeah. You have something? Anything off the top? Um, not really off the top, but... Uh, yeah, I, I think there's a, there's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of hype around a few cities. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't really have an answer to that. Uh, uh, what about Portland, Maine? If you just went there, do you Port- feel like Portland, that? Portland, I feel Maine, like I but didn't Portland, hear Maine, about it until recently. Yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe it's because you know I'm in the you know no, brewing circle and, and and whatnot. Like uh, Asheville, like you said, Asheville. That's right. Uh, you're right. But I keep hearing about Asheville like for the past like couple of years, uh, two three years. Yeah. Asheville is is always on the map, but it's it's true that I've never heard of you know any friends. Like hiking down to uh, Asheville, to go just to, to doing uh, pèlerinage or whatever. Uh, it's 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 not as far as San Diego or or, or uh, not true. for a car, but it's not it's too far for a car. But it's, it's probably probably like not that far. Twenty four hours, maybe. No, no, no not even. even uh, Florida's twenty four hours, so I, I would say uh, probably twelve to sixteen. How far is it from like New York or Boston area? Because I know Boston's eight. like six hours. Yeah, eight hours from eight, Boston. Eight to yeah. ten hours from. Yeah. Okay, so it's nearly a full so, day of driving. But yeah, you know, just it's it's a small uh, short Whatever, plane ride. You go to Boston first, and you yep. go down there, like yeah. But uh, yeah, short short plane ride um, to to go down there, and and uh, yeah, like all the West Coast breweries, like kind of like look to there. Or? Well, the the thing with Asheville is that all the breweries, all the huge West Coast breweries, like Stone and and uh, uh, I don't know if Sierra Nevada, but. Uh, Oscar Blues and, oh, nice. and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, Green Flash, kind of, uh, a lot of them. Yeah, New they expanded to, yeah. to to that area. I'm not sure exactly oh, the reasons so why, right. but it's, it's because of the... Distro, yeah. No, no then for the, sure, but I don't know why Asheville in particular. But it's, it's, it's have a scene already there. So I like, think oh, it's central. Maybe, it's, it's yeah. A distribution and it's central. It's very left-wing, very liberal, yeah, I mean, yeah, too. Yeah. So it's like in a, in a conservative Republican kind of yep. area, but it's very liberal, very, like, not hippie, but very, like, Montreal. Sure. Like, progressive, right. hip stuff, for lack of a better word, great cafes, right. beer, sure. wine, food. I think it kind of comes with that kind yeah. of culture. But it's yeah, red, yeah, Asheville and, and, and Portland is a is a yeah. Portland, Maine is. But I mean, I know everybody's been talking to me about Portland, Maine, and and like I've been in the past. It's worth uh, it. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, for the distance, five hour drive, it's, yeah. it was awesome. And it's it's a small town, well, small city. You that can walk across, and, yeah. and you can like walk to every brewery basically, almost, and uh, visited Allagash. Awesome. That's I, where I, I left there where yeah. with like a uh, huge amount of beer that they just Merge. you know. Hats and t-shirts. Yeah. So. Um, okay. You hear that, Tiff? Yeah. You hear that, Tiff? Yeah. That's right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we go to Toronto every month, so like I'm like yo, like, like and Portland's closer. Yeah. It's right there. Yeah. Even Burlington, I feel like I was 
Not just. It's an hour and a half, even including the border, with me being an Australian, I get pulled to immigration. Like, it was still like an hour and a half direct. Right. Yeah. Like, it was two, I went to Stowe first, but coming back, even through the border, was just easy. Easier. Yeah. yeah. Crazy how close it was and how much. And we only saw a few things there. We had like one day went to. Uh, so much breweries on there. So many. I missed yeah. a ton. People told me after the fact. And like, because then Hill Farmstead is like, but it's like yeah. two hours from oh. Burlington. Yeah. Yeah. Long trail. Few, yeah, I have to. Trips. Need a few days. Oh, yeah. We just did a quick two day, but. Yeah. But yeah, the, I say the duo Burlington and. Um, uh, what's. Uh, Waterbury? Waterbury. It's oh, like yeah. uh, 15, 20 minutes yeah. uh, well, past Al- Burlington. Alchemist is now in Stoke. Yeah. yeah. So they moved. But Waterbury is where... Um, close, close Prohibition so. Pig and... and oh, yeah. Uh, the old whatnot, yeah. Alchemist. Yeah, the, yeah, the old Alchemist. Waterbury, yeah. that's why I thought you were mentioning it. But yeah, because I know they moved to Stoke. But yeah. there's still a whole bunch. And there's yeah, a whole absolutely. bunch around the corner. Uh, Idle Time, I think, is right around the corner from mm-hmm. um, uh, the Alchemist, which yeah. we missed. I didn't know about. Someone yeah. told me about it afterwards. Yeah. Like, it's zero crazy how much... Well yeah, Zero Burlington Gravity, we went there. And, yeah. We missed Burlington. We went yeah. to uh, Switchback, Magic Hat, yeah. Queen um, Queen City. No, we didn't get to go there, but I drank some of their stuff. But to, to, it's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. And and that this is something I really enjoy about... Like, when I went to Portland and Burlington, is kind of the same. I went to visit Allagash, and um, uh, we had a really nice tour. Uh, just me and my, my girlfriend with... Uh, um, uh, do the works there nice. uh, showed us around uh, and then like I asked him well what would you recommend I visit you know we we you know done our research and everything but he told us a couple of things but it was like in the same in like it's basically an industrial boulevard there where you have like right. uh, but there was like five breweries in the same like like area, so area not even the same area the same, same like, street same street the same block yes. and it was like oh I didn't know there was like I know Austin Street and and uh, there's Geary's and 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 they're all like Geary's is that famous pub with the crazy stuff. Is that right? I, I didn't actually visit Geary's, but Geary's is one of the first. Uh, it's a, it's a pretty um, pretty old brewery. It's, uh, a, brewery, it's okay. a it's a Ringwood brewery actually. I used like like McAlson where I used to work, and uh, they use the English Ringwood yeast Stop. and uh, do like the open fermentation thing. Like Mag- Magic Hat is, right, is right, also a, a, a Ringwood brewery. And there's a, like, there's a chain of Ringwood breweries in the Northeast. Uh, but yeah, I, I didn't have a chance to visit Gary's, but uh, there, there was like five breweries just right there. Just, I parked my car and you know, we just like, uh, so that, that's, that's something, um, that's something that's very interesting that you don't really see here. There's a lot of pubs in Montreal, mm. but like, like walking, not all in like walking distance in the same street corner kind of thing. Which is uh, yeah, would be cool. I know Toronto's trying to do that in yeah. the West End, like the Northwest End. They're trying to make yeah. like a beer belt. They're calling it right um, near where Scott lives. Actually, he happens to live right around there. There's a whole bunch like Bellwoods and Indiale House mm-hmm. and Henderson and yeah. uh, a bunch of other ones around that area. I haven't been to I've been to Indiale House, but most of them I haven't been to. So I think they were trying to that to do that, but otherwise it's all quite far between. You, know, you sure. maybe have to jump on a tour. So yeah. hopefully there's more of that uh, type of thing happening. Yes, yeah. it's very cool. So hopefully, I see we see Montreal and you know, moving in that direction. It sounds yep. like if guys like yourself keep uh, running things out here and <laughs> how you're doing it, then we're not far off it. <laughs> yeah. So, boys, yeah. it's been awesome. 
It was great. Really yeah. appreciate it, man. Thank you for your time. Thank you. That's a little sticky from uh, Bali down. one in the barrel. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they're sticking together. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, it's where great. can we find you guys online? Because we were talking about that before. I uh-huh. know you're about to get your social media on, but yeah. uh, what's the best place people find you? Sure. Facebook, I think, right now is the best place to, to get. So uh, subscribe both? to our page. Yeah. Yep. For Jukebox, so, for uh, Yeah. Yeah. So hit, hit like. That's it. Keep up to date. Absolutely. And if you want to find the beers, you go on transbrew.com and there's a beer engine like you can search where our beers are distributed. Amazing. Yeah. We're working on our website right now, actually. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be online, I guess, uh, in the next few, few weeks. weeks, hopefully. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, and yeah, we'll have that interactive map as well on our website. So. Super cool. Uh, you can see how yeah, close the beer is and, and where it's been yeah. shipped and which steps and all that yeah. type of stuff to get yeah. it. Yep. Yeah. So that's it, guys. Make sure you check them out. All right. Um, what are we saying now? Make sure if you're on iTunes, subscribe. And if you like the episode, review it, rate it, put someone on there, tell them how awesome you think these blokes were. If you're on YouTube, uh, subscribe, like the video, give us a thumbs up, and then follow us on social media at BAOS Podcast everywhere. Um, that's it, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Cheers. All right. Cheers. Cheers.